We would like to begin this episode by saying thank you to Liar, Murray Gatchen, Keith Boisvert, Ziggy Brennan, or Zygie Brennan, and Briar Thompson. All of these people have gone to patreon.com slash duckvtv and kicked in money to support this show and others like it. You can be like them by going to patreon.com slash duckvtv. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Soma, which is a survival horror game developed and published by Frictional Games for the PC and contemporary consoles in 2015. Indeed. And this episode was executive produced by Lucian. Thank you, Lucian. Thank you, Lucian. This yeah. is something uh, you, Cole, and I have both talked about elsewhere, mm-hmm. but never given the uh, the close-up the close-up treatment and it's a fitting thing for spooky month mm-hmm. because i was thinking i was talking about this in the slack and i put this question to you cole before we get into it okay uh what what other games are in like the sadness hall of fame because <laughs> in playing this i'm like oh this is this is the one of the bleakest like saddest games yeah this is definitely like a particularly existential flavor of horror that i yes. also was was looking looking and seeing if anything just you know just was was associated with this um because it really is you know like a pretty you know phil- philosophical kind of game that is pretty pretty cynical um they're not not cynical uh yeah let's let's, let's, let's let's yeah it's bleak um i can't yeah. think of anything else that is like strictly like this that is not designed to be as much of a bummer as possible like sad games are just not that common, right? You know, like the, like there are games that are like, oh, I cried when Eris died. Oh, yeah. You know, like there, there's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's that's come on, like that that that's not sad. Like this is, and then there's like <laughs> Silent Hill Two. It's mm-hmm. very sad. You know, um, when we were talking about the Slack, uh, someone brought up uh, the Beginner's Guide. The Beginner's Guide is a really sad game. Yes, yeah. Uh, the, uh, you know, there the, and like there are games with like moments of profound sadness in them like i would say uh the back third of brothers a tale of two sons is pretty uh is pretty devastating actually i I find that game sad that didn't totally work on me but i think that that also is it's in the sad game yes hall of fame it just sad games are rare Mm -hmm. and sad horror is really like a good combo it is uh i i I quite agree yeah scary sad (laughs) yeah like and this is man, this is bleak. 
Mm-hmm. This is bleak. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> bad like, things happen in this game. <laughs> even just like the, the like the, the the actual premise that it sets up is so completely, utterly hopeless. And even like a happy result in this ends up not being, you know, like the like the, the, there's there's no unqualified win associated no, with it, this. Tons of caveats. Yeah, you know, in in this. So, and it's not, but it's not, uh, you know actual sunlight or whatever right you know like the thing this is this is a complex carbohydrate which mm-hmm. is part of why i why i love it so much mm-hmm. um the uh in this game you play as a guy named simon jarrett jarrett mm-hmm. uh who is just a regular dude who has a fatal brain bleeding condition so you regular know. dude other than that <laughs> um, <laughs> it can happen to any of us like yeah he, he doesn't have the fatal brain bleeding condition because of an x-men power it was a car accident no, he's not bleed door like he's not <laughs> they call me hemorrhage at the x-men um <laughs> like, hemorrhage would be uh, a morlock he would not be yeah a... no this is big moral there's lots of morlocks in this game um <laughs> He goes in for an experimental brain scan and wakes up in a facility at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, far, far in the future. Yes. Also, a comet has wiped out all life on the surface of the planet Earth. Uh, the people in this yeah. facility, called Pathos 2, are the last, uh, were, the, were the last humans alive. Uh, and there's really no hope of anything getting better because also trapped down here are the last remnants of humanity is an out-of-control AI and uh, yeah. uh, its structure gel, which is corrupting, corrupting any life that it, uh, that, 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 it, that it comes in contact with. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. And it's all bad before you even get involved. Like, yes. We're, we're going to get We're going to talk about this at length. This is going to be very spoiler heavy and stuff. But yeah. I love that badness contrasted with the small act of like altruism you do mm-hmm. in this uh, in this game. I think that is just like. You know, it's you're not going to fix everything, but like, mm-hmm. what could be more human than trying to do a little bit of good in the face of this? Yeah, you know, um, this is a follow up to Amnesia: The Dark Descent, mm-hmm. uh, which we've also covered on the show. Um, plays similarly to that, where it is a first person exploration and puzzle game uh, with big uh, immersive sim elements actually in mm-hmm. this one and uh more so than amnesia like these are more real spaces yes with more environmental storytelling and then also uh stealth elements right. um you know uh frictional's trick it was always there's a really horrible monster stalking you and you can't do anything about it mm-hmm. as opposed to more traditional survival horror and it's not they weren't the first people to do that like clock tower did it as well mm-hmm. uh but that is where we're trucking yes uh you have scary monsters that are coming at you and they are not just an assault on your avatar they are an audiovisual assault as well which is also yes. um uh, uh frictional strict to a certain extent yep. lots of uh distortion stuff going on um yeah. yeah so like you're gonna spend the majority of your time here you know navigating this facility navigating pathos too um and engaging in some like honestly pretty light puzzling uh to open your way forward it's it's quite often just looking for the thing that you need to get uh rooting through the areas again this kind of like realistically uh portrayed space uh to you know find the way to open your path forward um yeah. you know and guarantee your safety the puzzling level is somewhere between amnesia and amnesia a machine for pigs right um where machine for pigs had no puzzles like it was just this is missing a gear and the gear is across the room Mm -hmm. this there are some panel puzzles there's some like lights out 
you know, some some kind of typical yeah. puzzly ass puzzles but like, uh, going on. Similar to Amnesia the Dark Descent, oftentimes you will get to a place and there will be a machine that is broken and you need three parts. And those three parts are at the far ends of this area. And patrolling that area is something that will um, ruin you if it comes in yes. contact. Yes, yes. They, they reuse that from the Amnesia collection. Yeah. Uh, from for sure, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of different like items and notes to interact with. That's where a lot of the O four five one DNA comes from. There is a lot more text in this mm-hmm. than anything else. Frictional has done. Yes, um, you know this is a storytelling game. Mm-hmm. Um, even so much so you can hear uh, recent conversations of people who have died, uh, either by checking in intercoms or their corpses. Yes, um, similar to like the ghost in a system shock. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. such. It's like a it's 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 a data buffer. Uh you can touch it and then hear it because every person has a black box installed. This has like this yes. has elements of a corporate dystopia as well, although that's not the main thrust of this. Um yes. you know, there 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 are elements a good, there. Yeah. A good note to just put the absolute spoiler warning is that there's like a couple twists in this game mm-hmm. uh handled various ways and we're not gonna mess around with any of them. So if you're right. interested in this game, uh we're gonna spoil the shit out of it. Yeah, so probably starting from like right that, now. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that you're pulling from black boxes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which are not, you know, it's not like a black box. Why didn't book. they make the entire person out of the black box, Gary? Uh, well, they tried. <laughs> they, now, you're, now you're sounding like, like a structure gel right there. That's a wow perspective. Whose side are you on? Um, uh, there's almost no inventory to this. Uh, right. Amnesia had an inventory system. This does not really have one. You have a button um, to press to see like an icon of the things that you're carrying, but you're not like making room for stuff or like really like gathering any resources. Really, yeah, no consumables. Right. You know, no no lamp lo- lamp oil or anything. Um, no batteries or anything like that. Yeah, uh, you do get a flashlight uh, partway through, or realize you have always had a flashlight mm-hmm. partway through. Uh, but you don't have to do anything with that other than just use it. Yes. Um, as we said, enemies are present. Uh, it's always one per area. And all you can really do is run and hide. Uh, even even like hiding is different. Like there are no wardrobes or anything you can climb into. Like in mm-hmm. uh, Dark Descent, you know, it's usually find a corner, find something to hide behind. I actually appreciate that as opposed to having like just a, just a spot because if there is a hiding spot, all that that means is that there's just a like dice roll. Where? Yeah, it's like either you, you go there and then there's like a dice roll about whether or not the, the enemy will decide uh, to, to, to go for it, as opposed to just checking to see if you are generally visible in this yeah. room. Um, and these enemies are super spooky. Like if you look up, you know, actual like photographs of them, there's really good body horror uh, going on in this. Generally, all of the, you know, the, the most of them used to be human or biological creatures. There are some who uh, kind of went the other way started mm-hmm. started machine like and then or started as machines and then were kind of converted into more biological things but they're all like really well designed and scary looking uh the the sound design when they're coming after you is really really good uh and the distortion mm-hmm. that plays as they like mess with your visual processing uh is a great echo of the sanity effects from amnesia i think yes yeah it's got you know obviously uh, i'm sure we talked about this with amnesia but that like idea of getting electronic interference when there's an enemy is a big slender man mm-hmm. thing i feel like that was very in- influential uh on 
to horror media in a weird way. Yep. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the first time that's happened where the camera starts fucking up mm-hmm. whenever this happens, but that's what this reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, and it is very uh, scary. Another difference between this and the Monsters of Amnesia is there are a greater variety of them. Yeah. Um, the initial enemies are dumb, uh, but they eventually become more aware and can do things like open doors. There are more gimmicks. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, there's an enemy who can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, or who can hear you but can't see you. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Like, there, there's more variety in the enemies. Yes. Uh, that you'll have run into. Yeah, there's one who uh, can like teleport. Um yeah, it's uh it's it's good to it's fun to try and figure out what those what those are because it's not always directly apparent what that is. Oftentimes, you know, you're going to be reading about how this thing was made, right? Yes. Um what circumstances led to it um evolving the way that it did. And you put on an episode that. of how it's made. Yes. Uh in the O four five one engine and <laughs> and just see see this person yeah, being tortured they, until they, they can barely wheeze. <laughs> <laughs> they added how it's made to Hulu, and I have just I've been using that oh, as a as a way to take naps. That's a real poison, yeah, like a good poison though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, enemies are enemies are good, and I like that they I like that they evolve. If an enemy gets to you, uh, they'll either like hit you and do some damage, or uh, you know, depending on the difficulty that you're playing on, uh, they will knock you over. Um, and you will, uh, be unconscious for a while and you wake up, you end up like limping. Um, you know, when you're damaged, it affects your move, uh, your move capability. You don't pick up, um, items to heal. Instead, there are one-time use healing nodes, uh, located throughout the map. Like the general thing that is corrupting this station, this, uh, this uh, entity called the wow has kind of like created these nodules that, uh, that look like. I'm just going to say this the crudest way possible. It yep. looks it, it looks like mm-hmm. space anuses that you fist. If if you like sticking your hand into anuses, yes, this game is for you because you do it all the time, and it's one of the climactic moments of the game is you fisting <laughs> an AI. So like that sounds exceedingly 2020 and horny. <laughs> like somebody out there is like, oh, you fist an AI? Call Christine Love. Like let's <laughs> let's do this. Like, but it's not it's not like that. No, um, no. I mean, like yeah. it's it's more playing in just a general like geeker um psychosexual mechanic mechanosexual uh kind of kind of kind of space with this. Yeah. They're one hundred percent space anuses, though. Yes, like, no, and the, in no universe is there is this. You know, it's not us being puerile. That's no, just what they're coded like. Like, as. like on like on the big one, there's there's kind of like like the, there's the actual like double muscle kind of, kind of thing going yep. on there. Like it's a it's a thing. So yeah. explicit, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, um, I have I have no idea what what frictional is trying to say with that, other than again just doing like an HR Giger kind of thing. I think it just you stick in your hand in a thing. Yeah, you know you're never sure if you're gonna pull it back. Yeah, yeah, it can be scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Unlike other frictional games, this is not uh, lonely. This is not a solo experience. Um, You have a companion that acts like missile control that you get relatively early in the game. You said missile control, and that's very fun to me. (laughs) (laughs) She functions as a game of mission missile command. Uh, (laughs) As as uh, she functions as kind of mission control, Um, and. Uh, this is, does two things. Like one, it changes the tone a little bit because mm-hmm. this is less scary 
than other fictional games uh, in a general sense. But two, it accounts for a lot of that text. Yes. Um, this game is more novelistic mm-hmm. than like a lot of fictional games. This is saying stuff with words. Yes. Um, you know, that is a form of storytelling through dialogue, through environmental storytelling, but not purely just through like atmosphere, mm-hmm. even though there is plenty of that. Like this is more of a, an all like a front on all sides in terms of storytelling. Right. Uh, she also gives you direction. You know, you you know, mm-hmm. she is somebody who is from this time, and she worked at this facility. She's very smart, and she knows what was going on. She knows how things work. She can help you solve problems, and basically will run down. Hey, go do X, Y, and Z, um, or yes. try this thing if you want to. There are moments of um, of of quiet in this. Like mm-hmm. she she only really speaks when you plug her into a uh, a console. Because she is... She's um, a Game Boy. Yeah, she is a Game Boy that you carry around. <laughs> Sometimes when you plug her in... She's in, a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good big computer. Yeah. Uh, and they say if you, sometimes you can plug her into a, you know, to, to, to a terminal in a particular area. She will speak over the, over the PA. Um, but there are times where you unplug her and there, you, you unplug her while you are going and using your Game Boy, uh, your Omni-Tool, um, as, a, uh, as your... Uh, you know, tool to yeah, get around yeah. as, a, as a tool, as, as some kind of omniscient tool. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to find a different word for that, but couldn't yeah. Yeah. implement <laughs> universal implement. So, Simon calls it the door opener. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that's perfect. Like, yeah. that, that's what I would think of it as. <laughs> yep. uh, if I was there, uh, her name is Catherine. I really mm-hmm. like Catherine as a Catherine's character. Great. Yeah, this is a really, really good companion character. Like, if you're going, you know, we talked about this in a uh, couple episodes ago mm-hmm. with Mimir in God of War, but if you're going to have a companion character, make them really good. Mm-hmm. If a character is going to be with me, talking to me the whole game, mm-hmm. like, you got to put a lot of care into that. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like they did. Frictional's done a good job with this in the past, too. I mean, I remember in Penumbra Overture, Red was a very good uh, voice in your ear. Right. I didn't they, like Red. You, oh, I, I, I felt like Red, Red was... Oh. I think, well, I'm trying to remember. Well, no, the one of them that you, had you, the big uncle energy. <laughs> no, no. Who's you, the pervert uncle that you have in your yeah, head in that, the old Penumbra games? It's, uh, so you're, you're thinking of Penumbra Black Plague, where you have the guy who has, like, the New York... Uh, that, that's who I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, you that got sucked. Dr. Girlfriend in your head. Yeah. No, yeah. But, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Red's the that. guy who uh, grew up in the facility uh, and, okay. uh, like, is yeah, completely yeah. insane and is giving you bad advice. I think I like I do like Red. I, I it's been a while since I played uh, yeah, the Penumbra yeah. sequels, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, <laughs> the third one where you get like, <laughs> hey, gotta love the Mets, baby. And I'm like, what the fuck is this game? <laughs> <laughs> so scared because I don't know where to get a good slice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's fucking terrifying. Where can I get a hot beef? <laughs> a hot beef. <laughs> I need a hot beef. Um, the tears of being hungry and needing a nosh. Um, that's what the third penumbra game is like. That's we'll the never second. speak of it again. <laughs> second, yeah. Oh, the third one is just that weird puzzle collection. Yeah, basically. It's like, the, like it's, it's a, not the, quite, but it, it, that's terrible. I, I fucking hated yeah. that so much. Yeah, they 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 they, they course corrected. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned this is very story forward, and the kind of themes of this uh, this deals with like transhumanism, nature of consciousness, the soul, artificial intelligence, like what it means to be human, mm-hmm. um, hope, hopelessness, uh, things like that. Like it is a, it is a highway towards the bad thinking zone. Yeah, uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, hey, you know, you're going to find yourself, you know, confronted with these situations. 
basically being quizzed on what defines a living being and like how much can be stripped away from somebody before you stop considering them to be technically alive is yes. is, is 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 a is a huge deal of this which is why I call it an existential existential horror game not just because of like what you end up getting into with like problems of duplication and like mm-hmm. weird just uh, uh like like an excellent take on quantum suicide actually um yeah. but like just generally when do you, when do you stop being you like what is the nature of identity like it's it's all it's all good stuff yeah it and it's also i think it's it's worth noting that it's all stuff that does not uh show up in video games very often yeah like some of these themes are not rare for like Philip K. Dick's seventies paperbacks, mm-hmm. but are pretty rare in the milieu of a horror video game. Yeah, like you a know? lot. A lot of the time, it's pretty much just like if AI is involved, it's going to be an AI that has gone rogue or gone bad, and that's here, right? But yes. like, what the wow? But the way is, it's gone bad is is, is very interesting. Is super interesting, and like it ultimately yeah. like it, it lends it lends itself to like some ambiguity about whether or not what you're doing yep. is you know is is right. <laughs> everything in this every choice you make in this game is am, ambiguous mm-hmm. and in a way to me that feels earned because if you're role playing it i genuinely you know it, it's trucking in concepts that i actually have a foot in right mm-hmm. uh and if i'm role playing it i can see the argument for both sides of every decision you make in this game yeah uh mm-hmm. really strongly mm-hmm. like that is that this is like split the room you know like the game like is this the right thing to do and there's also i want to give a warning early on is that if you haven't played the game and uh like my opinion is it does this very well there are parts though where we're going to be like what if this and we're going to sound real joe rogany yeah uh, doing this like there's there's like an element of like stoner thought experiment almost yeah to to some of this that is like (laughs) you have to buy in like you Mm -hmm. have to be like okay you know I'm going to confront this game on its own level. It is worth asking this question of like, you know, is it murder to erase a copy of myself? Right. And like, if I took a huge bong rip before (laughs) asking that, I'd want you to kick me out of your party. Like that Uh would be really obnoxious. I take your acoustic guitar, go home. (laughs) But since it's, it's actually portrayed like really well, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's not, you know, not all of the performances are always perfect. And Mm -hmm. some of the writing is very direct, which like I want to talk about, but like, it is a a thing where it's not, again, it's a complicated carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. It's going to sound like we're at Denny's at 2am and we're in high school and we stayed up all night to practice for a forensics thing. And we're just having fun. But I promise it's it's adult time. Yeah. And like the game is, you know, confronting you to make decisions about this. And we can talk about the about the mercy kills that are that, that, that are present here. Um, it confronts yes. you with this. And, you know, like everything that you are seeing throughout the through, throughout this station is broadly like forcing you to consider whether it is the mind or the body that should that should have primacy here broadly you you know if, if we're past the spoiler wall here broadly you and Catherine are working to preserve the mind and the soul whereas the wow uh, the mind and the soul with no regard to the body the body doesn't matter whereas the well, wow maybe the soul yes like we're we're, we're working to pre- preserve the mind 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah the soul is always a question mark in this yeah and the wow is working to preserve the body yes uh no matter how horrifying the consequences are and no matter how many eggs it needs to break um you know basically to create monsters on the way and like by the end of this hey you know how we talked about how the uh the the, the enemies got more sophisticated uh yeah the wow's kind of getting a handle on this <laughs> yep so 
So yeah. who, who knows if left to its own devices, if the WoW would have actually accomplished a better version of what you are trying to do. Yeah, saved humanity if we right. let it. You know, uh, we, we, we do not know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a choice. Like, it's presented to you as, like, the thing you have to do mm-hmm. as a climactic moment to shove your hand into that ultimate anus. <laughs> uh, but, but you actually... Uh, <laughs> it's the last one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the penultimate anus came before that. It healed me. Um, the, <laughs> but it, it is, again, every decision in this, I think, is actually pretty nuanced mm-hmm. uh, in a way that is very rare yeah. for video games. Like, it doesn't happen very often in video games. You get your big daddies and yeah. stuff like this isn't that mm-hmm. um so simon uh let's talk about simon simon is the um, reason why when i first played this game i really didn't care for it actually i've come around on it and i like it quite a bit but simon's portrayal is it, it, it is an he is an active damper i think simon is a rough putt yeah here's here's what i would like here's the thing about here's my defense of simon because mm-hmm. it, it didn't bother me the first time our main character uh like this is uh, in many ways a horror game about motivated reasoning, mm-hmm. right? Like Simon, and also it, you know playing it again. This is kind of what I thought about it when I first played it, and playing it again cemented this for me. Where like Simon is not the only person who is refusing, you know, or is who engaging in magical thinking in mm-hmm. terms of self preservation, right? Yes, Catherine so, like, very much is as well. Catherine and, and everyone on the ship. There's a whole mm-hmm. suicide cult. Yep, uh, who basically makes a guess because. The the horror of this game, part of the buy-in for the horror of this is buying that the idea of not being um, is too hard to take, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is, this is too big for the brain, and the brain will do a lot of stuff <laughs> to reject that idea, yeah. you know? So, like, Simon in this thing is it's a fairly broad performance and Simon has to have ex- things explained to him many times, yeah. and he ultimately doesn't get it. And the game, at first, it's like, yes, I, I can see why this is annoying, because it's like, when you're doing a horror thing at all, why is my why is the main character an idiot? Yeah. Like, if, if, if the character is acting dumb, that can be really rough. I think this is a rare example where it's really justified, though. Like, even at the end, like, Catherine is like, you fucking idiot. I cannot explain this to you any more times. Like, mm-hmm. the game is doing it intentional. It's not, you know... Simon is an accidental moron. He's yeah. forgetting these things mm-hmm. because, and there are in universe uh, reasons. Like he has brain damage. They talk about how he was made as like a flat copy. Yeah. You know, he's not as sophisticated as the later versions. He's like one but of the also, first scans that was made. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the first. Um, but it's like you also, if somebody said, if you woke up and someone said, hey, you're a copy of you, mm-hmm. you know, and pointed over to another version of you in the room. And so that's the real you. You switched bodies. Mm-hmm. No one who's listening to this would believe it. Every single person who has continuity of conscious would not buy that. Mm-hmm. No matter how many times it would be explained, no matter how emphatically it was shown to them. Yeah. I don't think that the human brain can believe that it's not real. Like, Wait, you don't think the human brain can believe that it's real? Or that's not real. That it's not like, real. I'm not the real version of mm-hmm. me. If I'm thinking, if I'm conscious, right. like I think that my meanness is something that no amount of evidence will ever persuade. Right. You know, and that's what's at work here. And mm-hmm. the last little bit where he doesn't figure out that, you know, that he's fucked is just hope. You know, yeah. he went through a really hard thing and he wants to hope. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what a lot of the people here are doing. Like this game has a lot to say about like the humanity and humanness of hope, whether it's foolhardy or not. Yeah. You know, 
yeah. um, it read really human to me. Yeah, so the, 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 that, that, that that's that's a well put case, and I I, I didn't I, I didn't consider that before. I think what what I ran up against was a little bit. <sighs> It being kind of complicated by the fact that you are playing in first person and Simon is supposed to be the voice of you. And when mm. Simon when Simon doesn't get it and is acting kind of, you know, contrary to my own understanding of what is happening here, um, that that disconnect there where the game is like, kind of like tacitly saying like, OK, you as the player do not understand this is pretty frustrating because this is a game that is presenting a lot of choices to you, but not really you know because but because of the scenario there's no uh, there's no other choice than to do what you are doing there's no way to actually get the good results um yes. it's hem- it's it's hemming you it's hemming you in but it is presenting it as 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 avatar ignorance which can be confused for player ignorance yes and that that's that's a weird mixed bag of like i think that uh i agree with that yeah. right like this is if you can start thinking of this as a story of simon mm-hmm. instead of a story of you it works a lot better yeah it needs to be done as a game though and have you in there because it's dealing with you know the consciousness is also writing one to one with the player control yes right like it's also very hard for me to a player for as a player to not invest my avatar with some some trueness right you know, like when you switch, you know, switch bodies to the deep sea body partway through this, mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh, that guy in the cage is really Simon. <laughs> no. Like, no, the camera moved over. I'm mm-hmm. using WASD to control this. This is Simon. Yeah. I think that's, you know, it had to be a game, but also you have to dissociate yourself from the character a little bit mm-hmm. uh, because I would agree with you that like, I think that when the game is explaining this, they're explaining it to Simon, and I think they're being deft about him not getting it. Mm-hmm. If you feel like the game is explaining it to you like you're an idiot, mm-hmm. I can understand how that could feel bad. <laughs> yeah, and like that that also led to the led to the feeling that they were being extremely repetitious with it. Yeah. Um and it's like hey, like why are you taking time to explain this again? I fucking I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like but Simon didn't get it. Yeah. You know, so that's and it doesn't it's that's not that's not on you. That is on the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's probably they could have toned it back a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. still probably gotten across Simon's like willful ignorance in the face of something that is literally incomprehensible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but I don't, they did, I don't think they did a perfect job of that either. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, playing it again, even I was like, okay, Simon, you know, but <laughs> I was also, maybe it's just the 2020 brain, but I mm-hmm. was more sympathetic to Simon in this yeah. than I was when I first played it. Like, because boy, it, I sure would like there to be more than this. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, this fucking sucks. And if this is it. Yeah. Holy so, shit. Tell me there's a hidden track, man. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, that would be cool. Uh-huh. Uh, I get it, man. I'm also motivated by that reasoning. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> I sounded kind of, you know, negative there, and I still believe that that's a problem. This is the third time that I've played it, and this is something something kind of strange. Each time that I've gone back to it, I've actually, my appreciation has grown. You know, mm-hmm. I, play, I played it once once for daddy. Once it was just something I played for fun. The second time on a stream Mommy. where we're where, where at, well, uh, for, for, for all of the mommies, for all of our audience who are our mom, <laughs> our mommies. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, where, where, where I horrified people with just how cavalier I was about pulling people's pull, pulling people's plugs. Fucking Dr. Yeah. Sleep in here, man. The, the, um, the duck feed mercy kill. Your uh, quotient remains like euthanasia. <laughs> The duck feed promise. Like, yeah. we're down for it. Suffering sucks, man. Yep. <laughs> like, 
um and then and then and then this time for the show where i was paying really close attention and taking notes and reading wikis and stuff um yeah my my appreciation of it has grown and that is that is rare in games actually usually Mm -hmm. on on repeated playthroughs you end up you know kind of seeing the seams unless it is something you already really you know just like loved intrinsically and replaying it is a bit of a ritual to kind of like reenact playing it for the first time yeah this is something different where i started out being kind of like meh about it and then really really came around to appreciate what it was saying and a lot of the ways that it was saying it so i think this this is this game ages really well yes like it aged well for me since i played it and playing it again i had a similar experience where i actually appreciated it more Mm -hmm. um it's really good looking Yep. Like uh, from a, from a design perspective and just in general, these environments look really good. Uh, really great underwater bleakness. Like, yeah. And, you know, I haven't played Subnautica yet, so I know that's supposed <laughs> to be really good at this. But I am in the pocket for being in the scary parts of underwater. And this game does a good job of that. Yeah. Um, and the sound design is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the um, I love there is a uh, a song. It's not even really a song, but one of the pursuit melodies uh sounds like a galloping heartbeat like they replace mm. the bass drum with like a heartbeat oh nice sound of yeah. it and it's it's really cool like there there's some <laughs> really good music and stuff in this as well yeah um the, yeah i even like just like the spacey just like hey something magnificent is happening like yeah. you know something awesome in the sense that it inspires awe like there are some real like twinges of like vangelis in this Yes. Vangelis, something going on. Lots of really good future synth kind of things uh, happening, uh, yeah. which which like is actually it, it feels super appropriate because the bottom of the ocean might as well be an alien planet. You might as and well in be in outer space. Yes, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. it's a future sci-fi game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, music is uh, music is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So they started working on this in 2010, pretty much right after they wrapped on Amnesia, uh, The Dark Descent. Which is uh, kind of uh, like I don't know. It seems weird to me because it feels like so much time passed in between those. That was like a like a weirdly long five years. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the lead developer Thomas Grip says that they pretty much decided to set it on the ocean floor on a whim, and everything else was kind of dictated by that. Uh, that was a good decision. The the the, mm-hmm. the actual environment in this is nice and impressive. Um, so there there are files within the game's distribution that hint at kind of an earlier version, uh, which is called uh, Vertical Shift. The story was really different. Um, the surface was wiped out by a global war instead of a comet. Um, there's other things on the wiki as far as kind of cut content mm-hmm. that relates to this stuff, um, including enemies and even the names of enemies that. Uh, show up now mm-hmm. um there used to be a faction war underneath the water between people who thought who you know basically the game central conflict used to be represented by factions where yeah. there were fleshers uh who people thought humanity had to be, be as human as possible mm-hmm. and there are enemies in the game that are called fleshers they yeah. used to be kind of like troopers for this uh movement that and now the movement doesn't really exist mm-hmm. so they they kind of dark souls to it in like restarting the story but reusing parts of it that they've already created yeah yeah um i would like to read more about that um mm-hmm. and see some of those because like yeah definitely sometimes when i was looking up like what is the name of this particular thing it didn't it didn't add up 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned the sound design here. Uh, really, one of the only production details that I could find was that they paid real extra special attention to the sound design process. Uh, basically, they didn't simulate any any spaces in this. They, like if a sound needed to sound like it was recorded in a large place, they went and they recorded it in a large place, um, you know, and you know, repeated for small spaces, etc. They say this like wound up with them recording 2000 different footstep sounds cool, <laughs> cool. um it's yeah. hard it's hard to say that like that like, like that's a neat thing to have done i don't know if it like necessarily came through that might just be one of those things where it's you, you know because it is so good the fact that you did notice it is evidence that it worked but yeah, yeah. There, there's probably an element of like experimentation yeah, yeah they just did yeah. that because it was like Let's give this a shot and see if it makes a difference. I don't think they were like, everyone's going to notice this. Mm -hmm. It's totally possible that was like, I I know I've told this story before, but like a really, a creative parable that I love is that like John Mouse took something like five or six years between my favorite album that he's done and the next one. Mm -hmm. And the reason why was because he made all of his own synthesizers. Mm. And then uh, after an interview, he was like, yeah, that was totally wasted time. This doesn't sound any different than what I could have done with store-bought stuff. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it do be like that. Like mm-hmm. people, people love to fetishize a process and sometimes the end results actually don't bear out any of that work, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like just the idea that that's like a real reality. Like the amount of work you put into something does not necessarily reflect on the output. Yeah. Um, I think is something that's worth considering as a creative person. Yeah. Um, this game was received well by critics. Uh, it sold enough, you know, Frictional considered it a success. It received some heat when it came out because of expectations, I think. Um, you know, if you go all the way back to our Amnesia episode, the little sketch we did at the beginning of that was premised on the fact that it was too scary to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a significantly less scary game in that respect. Yeah. Um, and I, the negative reviews that I did see referred to that. Like, people were expecting, like to just get the ball scared off them, like just absolutely be terrified. But this is more like haunting yeah, uh, as opposed yeah. to scary. And I don't think, I think there was some expectation issues with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also, it's, it's really something that, that, that I'm just noticing you know, just over years of really paying attention to, 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 you know, to horror, horror games um, and the way mm-hmm. that they're, that, that, that they are talked about in the press, like criticizing something for how scary or not scary it is. It almost like it almost ends up coming across like a like, like kind of like a meaningless like mm-hmm. rubric to hold up against it, <laughs> like to say like it, it's like the 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 problem light on on Gargantua one in um in yeah, Adventure yeah. Brothers right just like oh there's just a light that indicates whether or not there is a problem and it's up to you to figure out where to say like oh yeah Soma isn't scary or it's not as scary as Amnesia. Like that, that almost is a, a a meaningless piece of criticism to, well, to, to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't it doesn't reflect on all and intent at all. Yeah, like this was meant to be scary mm-hmm. uh, with the monsters coming around, uh, and it's worth noting that like so we should talk about the safety mode as well yeah. here. Um, but it's it's a you know it was meant to be scary, mm-hmm. but it, I think that it would take like some willful obtuseness to think that frictional was not trying to shift where this scares you yeah you know the monsters are there and the monsters in this one as opposed to being kind of the point Mm -hmm. right uh like the most memorable thing about amnesia is the water invisible water monster to me yeah like i remember that more than i remember any of the plot Mm -hmm. of that game um 
this game is not that like those are meant to change the pacing to sell the threat to activate a little bit of adrenaline in you Mm -hmm. but not meant to be the the stake right you know that that's a side dish in this one and that's really intentional Mm -hmm. um and it's a side dish so much that like some people were you know that was kind of the first wave was like this isn't scary enough the second wave was hey this is uh really existentially interesting um i can't deal with something chasing me in the dark Mm-hmm. let's mod that out yeah and people modded it out and then friction added a mode that got rid of the monsters and turned this into a walking sim right well it didn't like get rid of the monsters the monsters are still there yeah. they just won't kill you yeah they don't chase you yeah like yeah um, they just kind of like wander around which is a pretty good way to uh to, to handle it because i think that, so too like the like those are cool designs and they're part of the story too like how do you how do you have theta without terry acres running around yeah Yep. You could you could not get rid of the monsters in this. Yeah. Um so like and we both played monster version mm-hmm. uh all the times. I like the monsters in this. I like the scary parts. Yeah. It's, I think they it's help fun. the pacing. It's fun mechanics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if, if if the if the scary if the mechanics sound bad to you, like if you are not a scary game person, mm-hmm. play it on safety mode and get the uh, existential horror haunted questioning what a soul is. Yes. Version. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it it is very deft, and there is not much. There, there, there is not much like it. Did you watch mm-hmm. any of the prequel shorts, the transmissions? I did not. I read about them mm-hmm. a little bit, but I read that they were a little mediocre, so I didn't. Yeah, they're take not that the, great. I watched. I watched one of them. It's it's just hard. It's hard to do this kind of sci-fi on that low of a budget as like a yeah. promotional kind of thing. So it's it's just a it's a prequel. Uh, there's a there's an important character who is deceased by the time you arrive. Fuck that 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 actually describes everybody. Shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's oh, a character. Or does it? Ooh. Uh, um, are they deceased? Cole? Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the is main, it Imogen? The, Imogen's in there. Yeah, yeah. Im- Imogen uh, is the main character of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And hmm. was something that is cool. I'm just going to put this here because I'm excited about it. They just announced a release date for uh, for Amnesia Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Frictional going back to uh, going back to their well. Will it be scary enough? Who knows? Let us <laughs> let it let us hold let us hold this vaguely dis, this vaguely defined criteria up to yeah. their old work and uh, beat a studio over the head with the idea that they'll never be as good as that thing they made ten years ago. <laughs> I really wish it wasn't called Rebirth because every time I read it, I feel like it's a remake. Yes, you know, because that's a name you give to a remake of something, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't want a remake or upres version of Amnesia. Like that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But but I I'm glad it's a sequel. Yes, actually a sequel. Um, yeah, so let's. Uh, I'm excited about that. That comes out like as you're hearing this, like real soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, we start out in Simon's apartment, waking up uh, in one of the least terrific zones possible. Um, <laughs> there's a pull quote. Uh, here uh, from Philip K. Dick, reality is that which, when you stop believing in it, doesn't go away, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty pertinent. It is. Um, and we have a dream as we're sleeping here before we wake up. Yes. Uh, this is presented a little bit jarringly. It's out of engine. Like, this is done through illustrations. Um, mm-hmm. But Simon is in a car, um, and he's bleeding uh, from his head. There's somebody in the in the car with him. This this woman named Ashley, who is his friend that he has these uh, these feelings for. He's about to tell her something, uh, but then his phone wakes him up. Uh, and the phone is Doctor Munchie, uh, which I love thinking of it as M U N 
C H Y or I E. Oh, like a, like, like, a, like Higa, a, as Doctor Munchie called, like, like 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 a minor character from the Pac Man cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know, or just like when you get high mm. and then somebody's like, "I got a prescription from Doctor Munchie," and like yeah. pulls out a, a new breed of Dorito, <laughs> a new strain, one thousand know? cc's of Funyun Stat. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> But he's like, you know, he's like, are we still on today? Simon, remember to drink the tracer fluid before you come in. Right. And Simon does not remember where the tracer fluid is. This is the first uh, brain damage thing mm-hmm. uh, that pops up. Um, the, when we're kind of looking around, we see uh, that his, his email, like his coworker called and it was like, hey, are you coming in? He's like, no, nah, that idiot. Like, mm-hmm. I told him it wasn't coming in, but he forgot to hit send on the email. Like, Simon is forgetting things. Yes. Uh, constantly. Yeah. Uh, and living in squalor. Yeah, it, you know, like it's a, uh, it is, it is obviously the apartment of a depressed person. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, yep. it, it's, it's Mail is it, piled up. Yeah, it's it's not it's not sad because it's small. It's sad because of all of the all of the hints that he is somebody who has been given a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, okay. if you go through his email, like you find, you know, messages from his doctors talking about, talking about his condition, talking about like, Hey, stress can be fatal for you. So we're giving you these, you know, uh, anti-anxiety medications, you know, even like bad dreams can, you know, can, can make this rough, which fuck, if I had to worry that if I had a nightmare, I was going to die. That's really yeah. that's insidious. Mm. They could have made the whole game about that. <laughs> um, you know, so you, you you drink the juice, uh, you like it a juice, and then you get on the subway to the office. Uh, your coworker calls. You work at a bookstore called, called the Grimoire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you have a good relationship with with your coworker, this guy Jesse, uh, mm-hmm. who knows you're going. And he's like, "No, we got this covered. Go get your your brain scan, buddy." Um, yeah, I hope they find a way to reverse this this old dying thing mm-hmm. that going on. And this is you know he's casual about it, and you call him out on it, and it's just like. You know, this has been the truth for months, mm-hmm. you know, like at some point you can go into the morning part of knowing you're going to die and wear all black and wail and throw yourself on things. Mm-hmm. But at some point, real life starts again. Yeah. You have things you know? to, you're not, you're not dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it just, it, it, I, I really like the way that this, uh, that this comes across. Additionally, like Ashley comes up uh mm-hmm. in this You're like she, she died in the accident so not only are you dealing yes. with grief for yourself but also you're mourning your friend and somebody you had you know really strong feelings for she was a co-worker at uh the mm-hmm. grimoire uh just yeah. a sad situation all around yeah. very sad yeah um i love when you get to this office because this seems creepy to me mm-hmm. um you know knowing this was a horror game the first time i played this i was like oh shit this is this is you bad. Know, like, this is like ethically dubious. Like like yeah. this is a real fly by night. Like they they just hermit crabbed into an office that was under under construction. Yep. This is this is eternal sunshine shit. <laughs> uh, where they're making the uh, and we're we're just kind of getting a little bit of um, you know a preview of what the gameplay will be like. Mm-hmm. You know, finding codes to get into doors, things like that, in this office. And when you get in, you talk to uh, Doctor Munchie. Um, he kind of basically explains the idea. He's not a doctor. Uh, we keep calling him Dr. Munchie, but he's Mr. Munchie. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, he's hoping to be a doctor. And his idea is that he's going to make a scan of your brain and send it through the simulation of all the stimulus, like way faster than they could do in real life to hopefully find a cure for your brain bleeding. Yeah. Like this the is part is to, of his doctoral yeah. research. Yes. To rapidly prototype solutions for, for brain blood mm-hmm. uh, that you've got going on. Um, and he's just like, yeah, you sit in a chair. It's like, you know, a camera. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Simon says, oh, the Indians thought the cameras would steal your souls. You know, and you have like yeah. a little laugh about that. Munchie's like, oh, hope not. And Munchie says, say cheese. And the scan goes through. There's a there's a, a flash of white light. And then you wake up like right away. Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit of di- the disorientation. You're sitting in a chair that is similar to the one that you were in. Uh, but you're mm-hmm. in this dingy and busted up room with like diving suits. They look like space suits on the wall. Um, yes. And you're locked in like like the, the, the doors will not open. The computers that are here uh, will not uh, will, will not work. You are not in Dr. Munchie's lab anymore. No. Uh, and I love the uh, the aesthetic of the technology mm-hmm. uh, in this. It reminds me a lot of Alien. Yeah, it's like you know, oh, I, we have really high technology, but this is still an industrial like corporate yes. application. So it's not going to be working like class nice. feature. Yes. Yeah, I love that as mm-hmm. like an aesthetic. Like, um, reminds me so much of, of Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to bust out, and you do it by throwing something through the window. Here, um, again, kind of teaching you a trick that you'll be using. Mm-hmm. to get through um you get our first like data bu- data buffle buffer <laughs> uh, data buffle uh that you can do here uh where you hear radio chatter when you touch this thing and it just shows a little like playstation plus sign mm-hmm. when you see it it's not you know there's nothing to suggest what's actually happening yeah here. it should be noted when you hold your hands out it still looks like a human hand. uh the yes. reveal of this is actually so good and one of the best handled things it is a just yeah. just a chef kiss uh, moment in this. Yeah. Because, you know, you could have guessed right at this point, we are now your brain going through different stimuli. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, uh, we wanted to test to see if we can fix the bleeding and we figured underwater lab was the first <laughs> test. Yeah. We, 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 <laughs> this we, is the one we thought had the best success. Yeah. Yeah. So we we decided to set up an allegory to help you process your grief. <laughs> so here's <laughs> like, yeah, here it's bleeding all over this brain as well. Uh, you know, because as you're kind of going through, we see all this goo. Uh-huh. Uh, there's this black goo just dripping from, like, everything mm-hmm. uh, here. Um, and it's forming these attachments uh, on these machines, on these different, like, robots. And, like, clink, clink, you're dead robots, not, yeah, like, yeah. cool androids. But these are industrial <laughs> robots. Yeah. Like, one of them, like, you know, like, it's just, a, a, like, a, a, like, a helper robot that is just in a bay attached to a wall, like, for charging and stuff. Like, it, it was mm-hmm. not really meant to be... Not really meant to walk around, really. Yeah. Um, you know, you walk by and like it comes to life and does a little haunted house scare. Um, and then you go, <laughs> you go around to the other side of this room. You get a buffer from another one of these. It's a technician talking to the robot and taunting it about wanting structure gel. Like, oh, you yeah. want this, don't you? Look what I've got. Yeah. Yeah, you but, want daddy's cummies <laughs> the structure the, gel the, <laughs> daddy daddy's pure ink black cummies <laughs> jesus christ dude like, i just imagine that in like a haribo logo <laughs> <laughs> oh more upsetting than anything that happens in the game <laughs> but when you bought when you walk like back around the partition to leave the room you know the robot that uh jumped up and startled you uh it's gone now yeah, uh, it gets up and leaves. Yeah, which is which is spooky. Uh, we can kind of continue following this destruction uh, to this workshop door, and as we get closer, there's some uh, distortion um, as you get near it, and then you get bowled over by something that screams when you open this door. Uh, get kind of knocked down by this this distortion effect. Yeah. Um, so this hurts you. Um, you're limping, but you walk into this workshop and get your uh, Omni tool, your Game Boy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing a lot more of this black stuff, um, including uh, this wall tumor uh, kind of thing that has ripped a person apart. Mm-hmm. Their head is gone. Yeah. Uh, missing. Yeah. Um, and there's a door that is obviously meant to get you to a new section of the place, but you can't open it because the Omni tool um, is incomplete. Uh, mm-hmm. So you need to take it back to where you woke up to uh, get the right chip to put inside of it. There's an orientation video uh, on this terminal that you can uh, opt to watch. It's narrated by a security operative, John Strohmeyer, kind of the person who de facto runs the place, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in a place called Theta. You have woken up in, um, I thought, like, Upsilon, something like that. Upsilon. Yeah. Um, and he says, like, hey, you might think that you're able to, you know, that you're a technician. You should be able to go anywhere. There are problems. Tough luck technicians don't don't get to go everywhere they want you need like clearance and stuff mm-hmm. mm. yep uh so with your omni tool now uh you you put this tool chip into it and you can now uh kind of get get around open more doors and stuff yeah the way that uh screens and stuff in this work a little bit reminded me a little bit of upcoming game doom 3 yeah a little bit where like oftentimes you're interfacing with these touch screens directly mm-hmm uh, with your mouse. Um, and this game also has the, the frictional trick of like being able to open drawers and stuff. Like you mm-hmm. control a hand largely Yeah, with the mouse that can move things around. Uh, the door that you open with the Omni tool gets you out into this little walkway, um, where you, it reveals for sure you were at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, this was the moment where I, I was really surprised when I initially played this because I was on such a lockout when I heard that this was sci-fi, I knew this was sci-fi. I thought, oh, it's just getting, it's going to be in space. It's going to be like a system shock thing. Learning that yeah. it was at the bottom of the ocean was a real, was a real um, flip of expectations for me. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Uh, it looks great. Mm-hmm. When you look out, like it looks super good uh, in a way that only the ocean can look. Yeah. Um, so the first room we get into in here is the security room. Uh, there is another polyp made of this uh, structure gel. This is the, our first anus. Mm-hmm. And when you finger it, uh, you get healed. So when when it looks like you just have a human hand, all you do is like gently touch it. Like you're just oh, brushing right. against a you... flower. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not till it's revealed you what you actually are. <laughs> you're yeah. Just waking it up. Just getting it ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah. You don't. Like. Yeah. You, you, you don't. You don't. You don't start going full, uh, um, you know, elbow deep until until it reveals what you actually are. Um, and I love what that what that says about the human mind's self censor there. Yeah, that like yeah. That this is his head protecting him. It is mapping the stimulus onto something that seems normal to protect him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you crawl through this uh, vent here, and you reach what appears to be this control room. And there's a note here that says, you know, don't touch the structural gel leakage. This thing that you have been touching can confirm its effect on Wow. Uh, issue has been has been reported to you know to uh, SSE Wolchek. This is the first mention of Wow. This is the name of um, of the, uh, the corrupting force. The AI. Yeah, and and just to let's clarify, it's it's an acronym for W A U. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like Wow, like the Kate Bush song, or like uh, you know what's wow, said Warcraft. Wow, wow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's not Owen Wilson. Yeah, uh, it's like Warden's autonomous unit or something. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they they refer to it as as the as the Warden. Like what this thing? It's basically like like AI. Um, oh gosh, uh, life life support is, yes. is is what it is. Like it it is this thing that has been installed, you know, kind of experimentally and unethically down here to preserve human life as uh, is, is what can, it is good and can we can we take a moment i just like to appreciate like i love this game's treatment like realistic treatment of ai mm-hmm. like this is a hundred years in the future it's not 
infinitely in the future where AI mm-hmm. is like the doctor on Voyager or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, this is, it has directives, but it follows directives. It's still a machine. We're not dealing with a personality here. Yeah. Like at no point is the wow, like, hello, I can't allow you to do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, we're, we're, we're not doing that. Like it's mm-hmm. no, it's, it's, it's a program right. still like we still made it. It felt like a more realistic, like expectation of an AI. Mm-hmm. To me, than what we typically see in sci-fi, which is just like the Red Queen and an evil, <laughs> right? Like just a malevolent evil creature. Mm-hmm. It's you know? um, and it's scarier too because even though it has a purpose, um, it doesn't have like motivation or volition to it. Like, yeah, you, you can't, can't be convinced, it, right? It can't. It cannot be reasoned with. You know, it, it it combines with the structure gel. This you know this magical goop that is created mostly as like insulation and, 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 and conductor, but it's like a ferrofluid. It combines with that to become this almost eldritch, you know, cosmic, you know, Lovecraftian force down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost like a, like a, like a new force of nature. Um, yes. and that is scarier than something that can, that can talk to you. You know, this is, this is to me scarier than Shodan. <laughs> yeah this is scarier than shodan even um, though she like, Shodan like, was cool because shodan yeah, was yeah. system shock too it was early mm-hmm. you know uh but we've we've done shodan a lot mm-hmm. you know this is new yeah um also just a thing here wow wau i didn't realize this until i read it maybe on tv trips or something like that so all of the sites uh on pathos are named after greek letters we're on upsilon we're going to be going through omega alpha all these things um wow like it's a it, it, it is a character like it is a name for a character that like basically wasn't around it fell out of use as a name by the time the greek language got codified so it's like this missing letter um mm-hmm. that uh that, that that had a different name by the time the romans came around and started like you know codifying all this stuff so that mm-hmm. is a fun little piece here it is the it is the missing the missing facility from pathos Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're kind of walking through this, there's a machine on the floor that is covered with all these uh, techno corruption and slime uh, and kind of connected to a lot of machines in the room, mm-hmm. um, draining their power. But we need this machine, you know, to go on. We can't talk to it. We try to talk to it. But when we unplug it from this power, it, it speaks to us. It screams. Uh, <laughs> it screams like it's really pathetic. Like, no, don't. I need it. Why? I was okay. I was happy. Uh, <laughs> and then dies, which is just, you know, gut-wrenching. Like, that's, that's sad. <laughs> just that, it's a mercy kill, but also, I was happy is a really... Uh, or even just, like, even more so than I was happy, I was okay is devastating. Yeah. Uh, to that. Yeah. It's like pleading. It's like escalating. Yeah, yeah. Like but, you know, but, like yeah. I was okay. But no, no, I was happy. Like this was mm-hmm. really good. Like now that it's gone. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, we we should we should lay out what's happening here. Why why these why these uh, per particular people are talking to you through 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 robots. What the wow has done is it is. Um, unbeknownst to the people of the station uh, when they were piloting some of these machines you know sitting in pilot seats and using neural interfaces to go and do go and do stuff around the stations the wow has done its own version of brain scans and it's you know developing these uh and it is putting the putting people's consciousness copies of their of their being into into the machines creating what the what the staff of pathos calls mockingbirds so imagine you are walking around in this 
rapidly depopulating <laughs> facility on the ocean floor, you hear your own voice and you round a corner and it is a machine that is that is speaking as you, begging you not to unplug it. Yep. And <laughs> it doesn't think it's not you. Right. Yeah. You know, like it, it thinks it, it's, it's as much you as you are. And the question the game asks is, is it? Yeah. Uh, you know, especially with who we're controlling in this game. Yes. Um, it's one of, one of many, you know, WoW's uh, kind of strategies here mm -hmm. and what it's trying to do in a twisted mission, which will get, like, kind of unfolds yeah. throughout the game. Um, so we reboot the system. The facility comes back to life. And we find out we're in a power core. Like, it looks like we're in some kind of energy thermal reactor. Uh, and we uh, operate this control console um, and talk to this woman from site Lambda. Um, she's like, hey, what's going on? Why are you still there? Uh, and you're trying to ask what's happening. Mm -hmm. you know, she thinks you're just a normal technician, but you're like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Right, right. And she basically says there's too much interference. Like, go upstairs to the comm center. I can't hear you. Right. So that is our next uh, our next little mission here. <laughs> but that's mm -hmm. going to be stymied by when we go out into the kind of turbines area. Uh, there is a big awkward monster that looks bloated with cameras and sensors that comes stumbling out and it is not friendly. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a, to me, like a little bit like a twisted version of a big daddy. Yeah. Like it's yeah. very top heavy and it has like a lot of like, almost like it looks like Christmas lights to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Around its head. Mm -hmm. um, they're just like little regular lights or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But this is starting our first, you know, uh, a <laughs> yeah. uh, I say avoidant. It's a word. Yeah, it's, it's a word. Look it up. Our first avoidant section. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to get around from this guy, and he's slow, mm -hmm. uh, and he doesn't. You know, he sounds scary. He mm -hmm. makes big stomps when yeah. he moves around, but unless he sees you, you're perfectly safe. Like it's yeah. not as dangerous as it seems. Mm -hmm. um, the way out is blocked by steam vents, so we have to turn off this valve uh, to make our way up there. Uh, and then when we start making our way up that, the stairs break. And we fall on the ground, drawing the monster's attention, and we have to sprint away. Yeah, uh, and lock it out. Right. Uh, we get upstairs, kind of the, to this to this maintenance level, and we find a way that you know somebody lived here. They, you know, this woman mm -hmm. named Amy created this makeshift home. There's like a mattress in the corner, like her clothes are hanging up to dry. There are like drawings and diaries around. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just pretty. Pretty miserable looking, actually. Um, yeah, this is rough. Yeah. The way up to comms is actually blocked uh, by this door that is powered down. You go look at this, uh, go look at this terminal and says like, hey, there is not enough power. We need to, uh, we need to fix that in, in order to uh, get the doors back online. Yes. Um, and as we're, we're doing this, we hear somebody nearby calling for help. Um, <laughs> we walk in, there's an assembly line and this is robot Carl. Uh, a robot is knocked over on the assembly line being like kind of crushed mm -hmm. uh, from the bottom and uh, fused with this goo. And we talked to him and we're like, you know, what are you? And he's like, are you, are you blind? I'm Carl. <laughs> like he knocks on his head. He's like, I'm, you know, and you keep telling him he's not a person. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, like, of course, like you're being ridiculous. Yeah. You but know, he says, you're one to talk. You look like a diving suit with, with, with lights in it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he, he just doesn't believe you. Mm -hmm. Like he thinks he is a person in his mind. Uh, he, you know, he is a robot that is half crushed and combined to the stuff. He's just a person who's hurt. Yes. Like he can't, you know, he can't move. Like his legs are paralyzed or something. Mm -hmm. Just, he was piloting a robot and there was a power surge. He blacked out and then he woke up here 
and he would really like it if you stopped asking dumb questions and helped him helped him get out of this machine that he that that, yeah. that he is trapped in not the machine that his consciousness is trapped in the conveyor belt that he is kind of pinned under yes yeah. uh to move forward there's a little lever that you have to pull <laughs> and when you pull it he screams like he begs for you to stop it yep uh you can go back there and be like hey i'm sorry i didn't know that would happen mm-hmm. and he's like just get me help yeah. you know like, what just are you find, doing like, find somebody who knows what they're doing like it gives get, you a couple of adult. names <laughs> yeah get yeah get a fucking adult yeah uh and it just you know just the it's it's kind of like a goofy looking robot and it's uh-huh. a little bit of a silly situation but the the pain is really there when he screams yeah you know like it does sound really like i didn't want to hurt him uh and then to kind of underline what's going on when you go into the next room we actually find carl's dead body yep yeah um, like and you you confirm it you pick up his id card is here um yep yeah, and his ID card has his has has his number, which is his login for uh, for for the terminal, uh, and this this will let us figure out a you know a way forward. So what you can do, you can flip flip the switch and leave him in agonizing pain for an indefinite amount of time until the circuits fry, or you can do something a little bit more merciful. You can go to the terminal and. Um, open up the way to reroute the power so that he is depowered uh and is and is killed killed immediately mm-hmm. um the, the the kind of the gameplay trade-off for this is if you flip the switch and leave him in agony then you can um you know proceed on without having the the monster come to you if you do the mercy kill option the monster is able to get in because it the door the opens doors. up yeah yeah. So it's, you know, do you want to do the mercy kill? Mm-hmm. And Carl just wants to go get help. He doesn't, he's not of right mind. He doesn't want to be mercy killed. So right. it's up to you kind of what, what to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like I know better it, than Carl here. I, <laughs> I you, you know, but again, you're in, you know, would you want the same thing for you? Like I from want, Carl's perspective, you're doing the same thing. There's a plug. You're just wandering around until you die. There's, there, there's a plug that is plugged in and I want to unplug it. Yeah. I, I I understand that, but it's it's, it's a it's an interesting thing because mm-hmm. like your fate is not sunnier than Carl's. True, you know the same thing you're saying like is good for Carl. You are also doomed to that exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know. And but you don't believe that you you know. I'm not saying you specifically, but yeah, yeah. Royal, you like the player doesn't believe that because you're the player. Mm-hmm. Like I'm you're special. you are an avatar. <laughs> You know, I'm controlling this and stuff, but you are in exactly as dire a situation as Carl, basically, yeah. like one micro step removed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, as we continue forward, we find this map with some emails printed on it um, with these facilities around the world going dark, kind of hinting at the apocalypse event yeah. that happened on the surface. Like there, I think this is the first time where you see things like, you know, efforts to divert the trajectory of the meteor failed. Yeah. You know, they tried to, uh, they tried to de- I almost said deep blue see it. Um, no, they tried, they tried to deep impact it. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, this is also, uh, the first time where you see the date. Um, they say the, the, the printouts happened in 2103. The opening portion of this game took place in 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. as of the, well, like when this game takes place, it's actually 2104. Like people have been, have have been living in misery down here, dying off for at least six months by the time yes. by the time you get here. Yeah. Um a computer has some audio logs of these radio transitions uh from that date. Um also with this are ways uh in this communication things, ways to dial mm-hmm. uh people. There's actually a way to dial another uh station here. Hmm. And uh you talk to uh what is the name of the guy? The uh the the guy at the end who tells you to kill the wow. Oh, um, Johan? 
you, yeah, you end up talking to Johan early, who just tells you to kill yourself. Cool. Uh, which is really creepy. Like, it's a little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk to, like, what qualifies as a major antagonist <laughs> of the game, kind of. Um, but the critical path is to dial into Lambda Station, which we were told to contact before, and we talked to Catherine. Yes. Um, you know, uh, and we can't really understand each other. She's asking questions as if you are a sole survivor on this one section of this ruined underwater station and you're like what's even happening yeah like i'm she, from 2015 she's, she's, yeah she's she's like okay like like so like where 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 are you from and he says oh, i'm from toronto like no what station were you at no i literally came here directly from toronto 85 yeah. years ago yeah yep um you know you say something about carl there you're like hey there's this guy you know uh, he was a robot. He killed me. And she's like, no, robots don't feel anything. Yeah. You know, you didn't, you didn't hurt him, which is just like a real tragic line. Uh, <laughs> and we start to head out. Uh, yeah, the room starts to crumble and we're going to, to head out. Uh, Catherine says, get to a tram and head to Lambda. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But the room ruptures and floods uh, with us in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you, in your mind, believe yourself to be a pink and vulnerable human being made of flesh and stuff. And mm-hmm. the, the the water goes up in floods and you think, okay, I'm, I'm dead. No, you're walking around um, mm-hmm. just as a person. And it's not until you try and lift yourself out when you extend your arm that your mind goes from showing you a human hand to recon- you know, it, it reconciles the information by showing you a human hand. And it reveals what it actually is, which is the hand of a diving suit. Um, mm-hmm. Like the, the hand just kind of like fades and transitions. And there is no context provider for what this is or why you are able to breathe um, on the ocean yeah. floor um, and why you're able to not be crushed by the uh, by, by, by the pressure down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it still maintains the metaphor. Like, you know, you can, as a player, you could definitely guess by now that you're a robot. Mm-hmm. But for Simon, uh, a diving suit would explain why a human like a regular human could walk around mm-hmm. like this. So your eyes provide your brain provided a diving suit. Yeah. It's less, uh, it's you less know? upsetting than seeing a flesh hand down here from the truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you climb up and you start walking across the ocean floor to the shuttle station. Um, a data buffer on the ocean floor uh, has this conversation between Amy and someone else where Amy is really upset that the machines killed Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Carl. We know he died. Yeah. It's not great. That Carl died, uh, and a machine did it. Yep. Um, and later, when we see Amy's notebooks, she cared about Carl. She had a crush on him. Yes. Um, and so. addition, in addition to this, there are underwater drones down here. Um, I I really like the voice on this guy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a man ranting angrily as he chases you down. Uh, he's got like a little mm-hmm. spotlight on him uh, that turns red when he uh, when, when he notices you. Like, what's this called? Is it called the bowl or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the implication here is that like there are some sentient robots about, uh, but they're not doing great. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but we do find a little pupper drone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm way into pupper drone. Yeah, uh, and this is like Ed from uh, from New Vegas. <laughs> It sings uh, almost so many, actionably. Yeah, it sings so many happy little songs. Um, mm-hmm. When it when it does, it's real work. chirpy. Yeah, uh, but he's trapped under uh, some rocks. Uh, yep. And when you free him, um, it'll uh, when when you free it, it it'll light your way. It'll follow you around. And mm-hmm. when you reach uh, the, when you reach the door uh, for the for the shuttle station here, um, it actually like pulls out its little power welder and uh, and loosens it up for you. 
in in this game just really highlighting like humanness mm-hmm. and things you know you're in this incredibly scary thing the the way that simon latched on and imprinted to this little buddy mm-hmm. mirrored the way that i did yep you know so much like oh here's a friendly pupper mm-hmm. like that's how simon reacts too he's like hey buddy you trapped like he, he <laughs> immediately starts infantilizing it yeah you know because that's again very human thing to do and keep that in mind once we find out what simon is uh, which yeah. is a zombie robot <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so we we get in. Uh, it's dark in here, and a flashlight turns on. And Simon's like, "I didn't have a flashlight. I'm not like, holding a flashlight. From? Where is it coming from?" Yeah. Uh, again, like always, whenever that's the case, I picture that the person has their mouth open and the light is flooding out. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. JC Denton walking around going, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that if he could see a mirror during this part, mm-hmm. he would have a, like a diving light, like a light helmet. Yeah, would just appear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how his brain would do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you get in and the shuttle is not going to move because, uh, in, insufficient power, uh, this is a, yeah. just a, a perpetual problem for you. You can follow the power line. Um, and it yeah, leads uh-oh. to one of the most upsetting things actually. Uh, and it, it happens really, like within the first really hour of the game. Uh, there's a yeah. woman like an, like a, like a human woman. She is, uh, sitting on the ground. She is fused to the wall by some structure gel and she uh, is breathing through a set of these external lungs that were grown out of the structure gel. The WoW saw that this was a person who couldn't breathe anymore and said, we're going to keep this person alive. Let's grow them some lungs and keep them pinned to this place. Hey, you're still technically alive. Yeah. Boy, lungs outside of the body. <laughs> that's a real, it's a, that's like it's, real gross. That's cringe to me. Yeah, yeah. That's it, <laughs> I don't like. I don't like. That's something specifically about the lungs too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, I knew a guy in my hometown who's, who one of his lungs collapsed mm. and he was jogging. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that is so fucking scary to me. It, and it can just like happen. It's, it just happens. Yeah, yeah, like just through like like pneumonia, some kind of bad surgery, and breathing. Which I do every day. Like, yeah. it just, yeah, I, I do not want to have my lungs collapse. This is very good body horror. It's so scary. Like, mm-hmm. this is, uh, you know, it reminded me of Dark Corners of the Earth when you go down into the uh, basement in the first house. Oh, and the, when the and person's, that, all of their systems are yeah. broken out into little vats? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're still alive, but every one of their organs is operating from outside their body. Oh. So, so good. Uh, and she, she speaks, she's like moans. Like she's like, it won't let me die. Nothing is allowed to die. Yeah. Uh, that sentence, really nothing is allowed to die. So good. Super scary. <laughs> um, and she also says like, Hey, get somebody. She, you know, masters or, or Hollins could, could help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's draining the power. These lungs are the reason why we cannot continue mm-hmm. on the shuttle. So we got to unplug all these lungos. Like, <laughs> unplug <laughs> my ego. Uh, and this is, you know, I consider this to be a mercy kill. Uh, yeah. Uh, in this 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she dies without having lung power and uh, we're able to take the, the shuttle and we get an orientation video. Yeah. Welcome there. to Pathos 2, your gateway to the stars. <laughs> yeah. Can, can we take a quick moment to appreciate the Pathos 2, uh, clip art logo so good. at the bottom, which is like uh, a beaker, a microscope, and then like an atom or something just kind of haphazardly arranged. <laughs> In a line, <laughs> it's really good. It's like very lazy. Uh, yeah, just the quintessential. It's a quintessential camel. Um, the, yeah. the, the 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 product of um of of a, of a committee of a committee room or a meeting room mm-hmm. that could not agree. So let's throw everything in. 
<laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, like Pathos is not like a, you know, a survival bunker or whatever. Like they didn't expect there to be like combat problems. No, what this is, it's a, it's a space gun. Um, mm -hmm. what it does, it is a, it is a place for satellites to be launched. So, you know, the, the, the barrel starts, uh, like over in the abyss and it goes up, you know, more than a marathon, 26 miles, um, mm -hmm. you know, powered by, uh, electromagnets instead of, you know, combustion launching satellites into orbit. Mm -hmm. um, uh, these, this is a real ass thing Yeah, as well. Like space gun doesn't sound real at all. Right. Like that sounds dumb as hell. But the idea behind <laughs> this is, is sound people have. Yeah, talked about this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it gets rid of the risk of something like you know a, a, a rocket blowing up on the launch pad. Yeah, the Challenger disaster, right. things like that. This is Challenger proof. Mm -hmm. um, the shuttle hits an obstruction though and derails the car. Right. Uh, so we have to, you know, we crash. We get out again. This is, I think, this is. There are a few too many of these times. I think where like things explode around you. I think this is trying to show you how durable you are. Yeah. You know, like in terms of like increasing that uncanniness. Hmm. Um, as you're kind of making your way from the wreck, Catherine rings this phone in the tunnel and is like, "Hey, there's not a direct way to Lambda from the Lambda from the tunnel. Uh, but you can take this maintenance hatch and walk outside the rest of the way." And just a, you know, she talks about walking outside as though it is nothing, like she knows what mm -hmm. is going on. So we get to site Lambda, and right away when we, when we get here, we see uh, we, we see this monster, and we hear it attacking Catherine. Like, you know, just we watch it go into a room, and we, and we hear her yell. When we go inside her lab after the monster leaves, we see that our hopes may have been may have been poorly invested because she is not a flesh-and-blood human. She is like Carl. She is trapped in yep. the exact same kind of robot, uh, knocked over, yes. pinned to the ground. She's Carl to me. Yes. Um, and you were very disappointed in this because again, you're just like, when will I see a human who isn't mm -hmm. being supported by external lungs? Um, <laughs> the lungs and are she a deal literally, breaker. yeah, <laughs> she, she, uh, she's like, you know, look at you, you know, look who's talking mm -hmm. like in a real direct way. Um, and again, like this is Simon's being told he's a robot. He doesn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I understand that. You know, yeah. like I'm just in a diving suit. You're just a dumb robot. Why would I trust you? Mm -hmm. Um, she says, Hey, you know, I need to be able to get around, remove my cortex chip from this robot and put it, uh, in your Omni tool, the door, like, oh, you mean the door opener, <laughs> you know? And she's like, sure. Uh, you know, okay. and you do, uh, when you plug the, uh, Omni tool into the console, you get her face pops up and she, she speaks to you. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time she mentions the arc project. Right. So this is something that she was working on. She is somebody who was basically on staff to figure out ways to interface people with humans. Or people mm -hmm. with humans. Yeah, you know, people and humans. <laughs> yeah. No, people with machines. Um, yes. And it was like a little diversion for her. Like, hey, what can we do with this brain scan technology? Uh, but then everything changed when a comet hit and wiped out wiped out everything on the surface. To her mind, the Ark is humanity's last chance to survive, even if surviving means that we are digital copies of a very limited portion of the population circling space, circling the solar system in a fake satellite or yes. in, a, in a, something, a fake world, real satellite. There we go. 
Yes. Yeah. They, they, it's not like a styrofoam, <laughs> like Party City USA satellite. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, uh, the, I can't remember where I, where I saw this uh, expression, but it's like a fancy tombstone. Yeah. For humanity, you know, mm-hmm. like something will live on. Yes. You know, uh, and she is saying this. One of the reasons why Catherine ends up making sense, something that really landed for me in this playthrough is Catherine. Catherine is very cavalier and very direct yes. um, about everything mm-hmm. in this. And that is because Catherine is the foil to Simon who has come to peace with everything that you cannot. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because she invented it. Yeah. You know, she talks about how she basically invented uh, this technology while she was here. Like she built on other stuff, but she basically figured it out on her own mm-hmm. to do this. So she's at peace with us. Like, Hey, as she's speaking to you now, I am a copy who lives in a robot. Mm-hmm. The idea of making a bunch of copies that live, you know, out in space in a paradise for eternity is pretty rad. Yeah. But it's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something good I can do. Yes. Uh, in the name of our species, in the name of humanity, and like mm-hmm. what humanity is. Yeah. You know. And Simon immediately thinks, hey, this is my way out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's going to come a little bit like he gets more into that later, mm-hmm. but this is the seeds of that. Yes. Um, she unlocks this door um, and says like, Hey, go to this neighborhood neighboring computer and see where the arc is. There's like an uh, arc location mm-hmm. thing. And on there, there are interview tapes about the arc where people are being asked about uh, what they think of it as a project. Mm-hmm. I love the second guy in this uh, <laughs> who looks like um, he's going to fight you in final fight. <laughs> I was really expecting him to be like, I don't go in for this arc shit, you know, <laughs> flesh and blood. That's me. Yeah. A human hoagie. You know, I, I was, <laughs> Hi, I was I'm the guy that. from Penumbra Black Plague. <laughs> yeah. I'm the Mucinex goblin and I've been put into a human body. <laughs> I was really expecting that, but he's like, no, it's a good idea. Uh-huh. But they, they just, they code him so much as like a double dragon villain. It's very funny. <laughs> Like, uh, uh, the final interview here is from somebody who seems like they're going to be a villain uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of active working against you uh, this guy Mark Sarang um, and he talks about like he's especially enamored of the idea and he starts talking about you know kind of kind of saying something that feels like it comes out of nowhere talking about like the reality of continuity like mm-hmm. you know, what, what does it mean for for consciousness for consciousness to 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 bridge this gap? We'll talk about where Sarang comes from and what he ultimately um, causes to happen when we get there, when we see you know the the the, the results of it. But he is not a force for good. No, uh, again, horror game about motivated reasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a big part of that. Yeah. Um, so use a tracking module to pinpoint the location of the arc. Uh, it's still down here. Uh, she thought maybe it had launched, but it's actually at Tau. Yes. Um, and uh, Catherine's like, hey, can you help me launch this? Mm-hmm. And Simon's like, yeah, like I can help you do that. Also, like that, that is a hope for humanity. I'm mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah. No, you're not. Uh, and then also, what else are you going to do? Right. <laughs> you know? sit, sit down here, play chess. That doesn't work out yeah. for everybody. <laughs> yeah. No hands. <laughs> you had to learn that weird that chess code. Oh yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Oh, so we made a time. <laughs> we're there are monsters about as well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we're on a mission. We have a we, we have a plan. Um, we mm-hmm. uh, go, get further into the facility uh, by activating this escape pod that we passed about, that we passed by on the door or on the on the ocean floor. Um, so mm-hmm. Catherine cannot make this pod work. 
to, to, to get us further along, uh, there might be a functional one in this uh, vessel that is wrecked nearby uh, this miniature little like horror dungeon called the Curie. Um, yeah. is a is is a submarine that uh that, that that wrecked nearby. Yeah, the the story of the Curie is really sad. Yes, like what what happened to the crew and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is you know again this big nuclear sub submarine. When you're inside, um, you hear announcements there to the crew that like, hey, the efforts that were made to stop the comet have failed. The sub is safe because it's submerged, but there's nowhere we can go. Right. Uh, there there's nowhere we can land. Um, you know, the Curie, uh, there's also somewhere in this, I can't remember where, but you find logs where they checked the surface. Like eventually they did check out what was going on on the surface and it was just Mm -hmm. like firestorms. Yeah. Like the, the, the atmosphere was lit up. Yeah. Yeah. It was like literally on fire. And they're like, there's this really heartbreaking conversation where somebody's like, well, are there survivors? And the guy has to be like, no, like we're past that. Like it's, you know, unquestionably no, Mm -hmm. it's, it's literally an inferno. Yeah. You know, nobody could survive in this. We have to come to peace with the fact that we are the last. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. And this is being, you know, disclosed to you over these PAs as you go and you are being pursued. This is a real big step up in the monster department by, uh, this monster that the game calls a flesher, but this is actually the remains of a, uh, of a crew member called Jiang Shi, uh, can teleport. It's not actually teleportation. What it is doing is editing your per, your visual and time perception. Yes, which to get, is awesome. To get around. Love it. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and again, as I mentioned earlier, fleshers were originally a faction. Yes. Uh, in this, but they repurposed the enemy. Yeah. Um, so we have to like it kind of stalks us while we're doing amnesia shit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, where we're trying to make our way into the escape pod uh, to yank these cords in this reactor to overload the ship so we can we can get out. Um, and, you know, cause an emergency basically to deploy the escape pod. Yes. Um, we follow these red lights to get to the craft and initially, uh, it's not saying there's an emergency, mm-hmm. like we can't get out. Uh, yeah. but eventually I think that Catherine like reroutes it or whatever through Game Boy powers. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly how that. Yeah. They, 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 they play it for suspense, whether or not you're going to blow up with the, with the sub or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why it's implied that the wow is stopping it from like being considered an emergency. Yes. Like the wow is still trying to control it because there's human life on here. There's Zheng Shi, mm-hmm. you know, that needs to be preserved. Yeah. Um, as you ride away, you know, you have launched and you're, you're going a little bit further in. Um, Simon asks, like, hey, well, you know, what's this black stuff? Like, you, you know what's going on here? I would really like to know. This is where Catherine describes, like, yeah, this is wow. It's this facility, uh, facility-wide AI that has gone rogue. Um, she says it here, you know, it's not a persona. It doesn't feel or think it's more like a cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, again, anytime she's like, AI doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Like I love when somebody's like, no movies, like it seems to be movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, the cowboy pushes us off this plateau and, uh, Catherine aims us at the Delta facility. She's like, if we don't hit the Delta facility, we'll die. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily she lands us there and we do crash into the, uh, Delta facility. Yeah. Um, our little drone pupper, uh, lasers <laughs> the hatch open and helps us and then sing the song for us. Yeah. I don't know if this is canonical. Uh, at some point she says like the intelligence of that is like the same as a dog. I feel like there's a person in there. I don't know if that's true, but like, why is it coming down to help us and let us out and then sing us a song? Yeah. It's almost like they put a kid in there or something. (laughs) (laughs) They just had, they just had a a facility kid, a team kid, kind of like how they're, they're, they're ships cats. (laughs) Yeah. 
ship's kids. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the cat, what do you think Captain Kidd was, dude? Oh, uh, there's a whole pirate about it. <laughs> oh, jeez. But yeah, you've got your, you've got your little dog buddy here. Dog child. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, D- Delta is, it's, it's not really like a, an enclosed facility. Like there are mm. small little, uh, you know, you know, like so like smaller outbuildings here that 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 that, that make it up. Uh, you can get into this flooded entry here to one of these, and you find a terminal uh, where we learn about Terry Akers, who is kind of the uh, kind of the main antagonist uh, for the middle stretch of the game here, um, mm-hmm. from like Delta all the way through all the way through Theta. Um, uh, Terry was this really disgruntled guy who refused to relocate, even as things at Delta got worse and worse. Yeah. Yep. Like a holdout mm-hmm. in here. Um, as we uh, kind of continue through, we can find a corpse, which uh, a buffer, uh, you know, talks about how he's been injecting people with that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is probably structure gel. It's probably yeah. not like Sprite, <laughs> you know, like they, they, they're, they're being coy for some reason, but it's probably, yeah. they, know, they all know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's an email uh, that we find as well, warning Theta not to let Terry in, but it's an unsent draft. I love that. So somebody Simoned it. <laughs> oh, email horror. And <laughs> we get a little bit of insight into Terry and his, uh, the, the, the way that his relationship with the reality uh, progressed or deteriorated. You get to his room. Um, I love this. This is, mm-hmm. you know, just a general, uh, uh, you know, evidence dungeon kind of, kind of deal. There's, you know, graffiti written on the wall and what might be blood. Uh, saying the light is hurting my eyes. He's telling me that I don't need this vitreous flesh inside my skull to see salvation. I will gladly remove them, stop them from obfuscating this divine mission. Um, he is acting as a religious fanatic, treating the wow as his God that is giving them, giving him the orders. My reflection in the black blood of our warden whispers, I need to save them from this hell. Let them sleep. Lock them in the lucid dreams that I've seen. Yeah. This is, this feels very much like this would have been a major faction in kind of the faction draft. Yes. Of this. Like the people who worship the WoW. Mm-hmm. Like they, they basically salvage this, you know, from that that version. Yeah. It feels like. Um, as you continue through, you use this comm antenna to look for a functioning cargo zeppelin uh, in order to continue. Uh, to make our way towards the Ark um, and hail it. Uh, when it arrives, uh, we need a security chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Catherine's like, we need to get one of these, you know, um, you know, just grab it. And we're like, oh, do we have to go all the way back? And she's like, no, just get it from a robot. <laughs> um, they're, they're just around, you know, just gestures yeah. wildly. <laughs> yep. Uh, and there are, there are two options yep. uh, here. You can take it from a guy robot who's walking around mm-hmm. who like screams in pain as you like stun him or you can take it from the pupper, uh, which is very sad. I'm not taking but it the from the fucking is... pupper. The pupper, the pupper can 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 make do. The pupper will be fine. <laughs> pupper can make do. Humans can kick rocks. Yep. <laughs> the uh, so, but there's again, it's one of these little choices in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, do you take it from this weird, like this thing that could is arguably human, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or from this thing that has been really nice to you and been friendly and stuff? But she even says later when she talks about it, like it's it's there's just an AI in that. It's not. A person, even though I do think there's a kid there, uh, it's just a, it's not a person and it has the intelligence of a dog. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, Catherine comes across as real manipulative 
about whether or not the Mm -hmm. robots have a meaningful existence. Like she has come to her own conclusions and really seems not so much baffled, but just is not engaging with Simon's agonizing over what 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 all of this means she is quickly it seems come around to accepting that she is real you know like hey i'm uh, wherever i am i am real but also the robots like it doesn't matter the copies are out there it's fine just treat them as a as a as a way to go forward um Mm -hmm. you know and that manipulative streak is kind of going to continue whether whether or not she's doing it intentionally Yeah. yeah Yeah, like there's there's a little bit of like I I feel like this is possibly the game being deft and setting her up as you know, ooh, <laughs> uh, you know in in uh, in this in this respect. But to me, it's just she's already done all this work that Simon isn't doing, mm-hmm. and she's not about to go backwards. Right. You know, like it's you know the, coming to terms with the things that Simon comes to terms with is a Herculean act of like ontological strength. Yes. And it's not the kind of work you're going to undo. Right. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to touch this Jenga tower for nothing. Mm-hmm. So we get over to Upper Theta on our way here. We find this uh, uh, downed robot outside of it. Um, this is Robin Bass. Uh, and she thinks she's on the Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a copy and she's like, Oh, like, is this the Ark? Uh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, this was your vision you know, of paradise. Yep. Huh. Um, and she, uh, kind of explains the first hint of this suicide cult. Yeah. Basically like some of the people in Theta believed, uh, that you transfer your consciousness, uh, in order to transfer your consciousness to the Ark, as opposed to just copying it, you need to kill yourself right after being scanned Yeah. and that will ensure continuity. Uh, there is not a shred of anything to support this. Nope. Um, in the entire game, this is again, this is a horror game of motivated reasoning, <laughs> because the alternative is you slowly drown and starve to death at the bottom of the ocean. Yep. Uh, this is a better thing to believe, which is historically why everyone believes in a heaven, right? Like mm-hmm. it is a better thing to believe. It yep. sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alternative is horrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is her version of that. Yeah, no, like there, there's there's no basis in this. It's literally just something that Sarang came up with. And as I as mentioned in the generalities here, it's really just the idea of quantum suicide. The idea that, uh, you know, because of a many worlds theory, you know, if, if, if I were to cease to exist here, you know, how could I get to a place where something is different? Well, maybe the thing that is me... The thing that designates that this is the experience, this is the reality that, that I'm experiencing. If it is denied this vessel, you know, by me taking my taking the vessel out of the equation, it will jump over and I will get to this different place. So you yes. have to do it as quickly as possible so that the coin flip will go in your favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is which is a leap, a leap of faith. It's a it's a, yeah, huge leap of faith. Yeah, like this is faith. Mm-hmm. In, in in action yeah. yes faith in all of its uh horrible glory all of its not caring what it does to the people who have to deal with what you have done to an actor yeah, yeah. like yeah. It, this is not the first time somebody has done something horrific mm-hmm. thinking that it gets them into heaven yeah like it's an opposite of what we have in any kind of religion right mm-hmm. we're like you know we we say it's bad to kill yourself i mean you don't <laughs> get into heaven you know but it's no more morally justifiable or less rather 
morally justifiable than a lot of things that have been done in the name of faith. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, so this is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. Robin Sad. ventured everything and her, she believes that this paradise, that she is just the person who arrived early to the party. It's like, Hey, where yeah. is everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Sad. So, um, I unplugged her. <laughs> I probably, you know, she, she seemed happy enough. She didn't ask me to do it, but eventually nobody would have shown up and she would have been, you know, stuck at the bottom of the ocean with all these mutant fish. So, yeah, she probably would have gotten killed by a mutant fish eventually. Yep. So you get inside Theta um, and Theta is where you're going to be spending a good chunk of the game. Actually, this is a this is a pretty big, wide ranging facility. We're here in the mm -hmm. upper the upper part of it. Uh, we plug Catherine in to this uh, to this terminal. She says, hey, we're looking for the submarine called the Dunbat. Uh, this will help us get the arc down to the abyss. Basically, right now we are up on a plateau um, and the Dunbat will help us, you know, navigate the pressure as we as we get to the, you know, the further ocean floor down here. Mm hmm. Um, and this is, uh, this is my favorite, like, puzzle kind of task in the game. Like, this yes. is not a hard puzzle, but I think this is really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dunbat is in quarantine. Um, to get it, we need a security cipher. And you say, like, how hard is that to get? And she's like, it's the kind of thing we didn't write down. Yeah. You know, uh, we look in uh, computers and stuff trying to find this, but that's not... Well, we could, you know, it's not there. Um, we see everyone has abandoned the upper levels of this facility. Mm -hmm. And at some point, she says, like, what if we found somebody who knew it? Yeah. You know, uh, well, what if we, you know, when we head over, we can find this thing that allows us to bring people back, bring back copies. Mm -hmm. um, it is uh, the WoW made it, uh, a version of Catherine's machine called a vivarium. Right. Um, and it was far more effective and complete. And in fact, Catherine looked at this and that is how she uh, completed the arc technology was by imitating what the WoW did. Yep. Uh, because the WoW had been had been stealing people's consciousness has been doing these scans from the pilot seats for a very long time. So that's why there is this kind of complete library. Uh, and that explains the mockingbirds that we saw. Um, you know, so that that's how she she did this. Um, but problems arose because Serang, uh, as we mentioned before, killed himself after his scan. Yeah. Um, there's like an audio log here of Catherine calling her superior about this. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, Mazer Laser, like what on earth do I do? Yes. You know, uh, and he had been spreading this idea that the only way to get onto the Ark, you know, as we mentioned, mm -hmm. um, this caused, you know, basically these factions that we only kind of see the aftermath of. Mm -hmm. uh, Strohmeyer is here, the security guy, and he's like, we have to stop doing the whole project. It's causing people to kill themselves. Yes. Which is not yeah. unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and just to just imagine going through that, you are trying to do this thing to save everybody to help them, and people and are the killing themselves, murders themselves, yeah, and yeah. people and just Christ. and like a bunch of people are killing themselves like right in front of you. Uh, yeah. I just just can't imagine that trauma. Um, Catherine's room is interesting because it bears out some things that are going to be like written about her. Catherine was a very strange person. Mm -hmm. Um, in life, people found her very off-putting. She didn't really have much in the way of, like, social skills. She was very kind of, like, monomaniacally focused on her task and was kind of more comfortable with machines than people, which can probably explain her relatively sunny attitude about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, to me, makes sense. Yes. That feels uh, feels true. Mm -hmm. um, in uh, Sereng's room, 
as we're kind of checking this out. And being in a living quarters is one of my favorite things that happens in games. It's amazing. Uh, this is so fun. Uh, Strange Room has this warning placard on the door that says it might contain corporate secrets, uh, secrets from Carthage, which is the company that sponsored Space Gun. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, yeah. he's like kind of like a company stooge. Mm-hmm. There are three company stooges here present, but he yes. is he is one of the two who end up making problems for people. Um, you go in and you find this letter that addresses Orang as this intelligence analyst for Carthage um, and really directly gives him orders related to this conspiracy to spread and study the wow. Um, yeah. Basically, the wow has had far more had far more capabilities than anybody on Pathos 2 recognized right or were really made aware of and uh, sarang along with his collaborators uh johan ross who we're going to meet later and julia Dahl, um are kind of running you know running this experiment and collecting data to send back mm-hmm. yeah. um we end up in robin's room uh and her we see that she killed herself like her bed is covered in blood uh she's not there though right like there's a razor on her pillow but the body has been repurposed mm-hmm. um she has a, a picture of her dad uh covered with a bloody thumbprint you know that good good environmental storytelling going on yes. what happened right before she died mm-hmm. um and there's a note on the desk right next to a drawing of what she imagines the arc would be like she's drawn all these like fantasy drawings like a little kid yeah uh you know very sad uh, and she says, like, we're all dying anyway, so I'm all in. I put all my faith in Serang and the continuity. Right. Like, again, kind of making this, you know, more appealing than mm-hmm. you might otherwise think the suicide cult would be. Yeah. You know? So Serang so, so offered a much better alternative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we get into what is like the highlight of the game for me. Like there's a moment later on that I think is like scary, scary and beautiful. It is scary, beautiful, mm-hmm. but like, this is like the best thing, you know, the best puzzle and also kind of just the most entertaining part of this as well. Uh, That's because what I was referring to. Yeah. Uh, getting yeah. Nice, but, like, yeah. This, the, 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 this is a real highlight. Uh, this is what I think of when I think of this game, because you find Catherine's lab. Uh, you find the place where she was doing all of these scans with a pilot seat. Uh, there's a data buffer here with her calling for help because somebody named Conrad killed himself with a maser tool after the mm-hmm. scan. Um, and Catherine's yep. like, hey, uh, let's let, let, let's like check on something. Um, and she directs you to this terminal. And she's like, hey, I, I, I need I need you to look here. And when you go and look at the terminal with all of the um, you know scans and the basic AI, you find an entry with your own name. Um, yeah. you, you find your name in the system. There are audio recordings here. Uh, and this is pretty devastating. Actually, you hear yourself yeah. coming to terms with your own, your own death. You died within it, a month of that first scan. It's devastating for lots of reasons. Yes. Right. Like the, uh, the full quote here, you know, is like, uh, Munchie is like, Hey, I'm sorry. This didn't work out. Munchie's um, like rip, ripping himself apart about this. He really feels yeah. like he failed. Like we really could have done this, you know, for you. And you have this whole thing about like, you know, oh, you know what the worst part about dying is? You know, mm-hmm. I felt like in the last couple of months, like I was really trying to to live, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is really sad. Yes. And then at some point uh, you say just casually, like, well, maybe that brain scan will be good for something. Mm-hmm. And when she goes, yeah, hey, hey, wait, you'd really be okay with me using it in my research? Mm-hmm. And you say, uh, yeah, like, why not? It's like, you know, it's like a part of me that lives on or something like a donated organ. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, like, Which is easy to say when you know you're dying. <laughs> But what he did, right, yeah. is horrific. Like, <laughs> his Simon scan was used as the template for AI development. 
Yeah. Uh, there have been, in the last, like, hundred years of this game, mm-hmm. countless Simons who have undergone countless hells. Yes. Like, if the version who is reading this, like, terminal is just as real, and mm-hmm. we're led to believe that, you know, both by the fact that we're embodying them as a player and the fact that Simon believes it, mm-hmm. that that's, that's just Simon, you have damned an untold number of yourselves to an untold number of hells. And we see how miserable that is here, like in just like two minutes, yes. <laughs> like what happens when, whenever this is booted up, which is just a constant reliving of, all right. Uh, you know, like, Oh, the camera steals your, steals your soul cheese. And then boom, there's nothing or boom. Here is this, here is this fake space that was created. Here are people tormenting you. And then and then unplugging you and then you're gone over and over again yeah. re- repeatedly. And Munchie became the father of modern AI. He became yeah. you know this the, this pioneer and lived a lived a long life. And his scan is in there too. But yours was the template. Yep. Uh, so using you as like the, she calls you a legacy scan. Like yeah. basically you're the track that came with GarageBand mm-hmm. to teach you how to mix. Yeah. You know, and like that song, you have been played so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, you know, something we talk about on the show as like a really great narrative conceit is like making decisions with incomplete information. Yes. Uh, the casualness with which Simon agrees to this is so good to me. <laughs> like, yeah, why not? And like, yeah. that's how I'd probably answer. Well, what's there to but lose? Whatever. If, if I can, if I can help, I can like, help. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you think about this a little bit more, man. Like, uh, it's really, really fucked up. Yeah, uh, as an idea, um, and we're in like the fucked up corridor. Yes, like we're gonna get fucked up by <laughs> fucked up thing after fucked up thing here. Yeah. Um, none of the computers will will turn on, so we have to go to the basement to reset the power router. Um, there's an enemy down here called the proxy mm-hmm. that we have to avoid on this like little uh timed thing um is this the guy who can only hear you or is that the next monster Uh, that's the next one so it's it is specifically terry acres um who in the story had ripped out his own eyes as he was injecting himself with structure goo but yeah these proxies are people who have been injected with structure goo yes um, when you get this and you go get upstairs, you look through the scans to try to find somebody who would have the security code. And we see uh, Brendan Wan. So we're like, hey, we, you know, and Catherine's really pushing you for this. She's like, hey, mm-hmm. we can just simulate them and get the cipher we need. And yeah. you're like, uh, okay. You know? <laughs> um, and you turn them on and, you know, again, it's worth, you know, you had said earlier when, when Simon got scanned, like sometimes there'd be nothing. There'd mm-hmm. never be nothing. Yeah. Like all of these other Simons just woke up to various hells Mm -hmm. you know like their awareness just popped with no break in time at all Mm -hmm. you know and that's what happens to brandon he just wakes up to nothing Mm -hmm. cannot see cannot feel cannot taste cannot hear yeah uh like just he has gone from being in a room with Catherine, having the scan done and then boom there's nobody except for this this omniscient voice of Catherine asking him for security information he thinks it's the wow uh, Think of how scary this. that is. Yeah. Like you get scanned and then immediately like it's all black and something is asking for a security code. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, th- 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 there's a sense that Catherine and whoever else was involved in this knows exactly what is going on because there's an interface element when you are watching this happen on the screen. It's, you know, it's modeled like a video game. Um, there's an interface element that is the stress level and if the stress yes. level of the of the simulated subject gets too high, it, it cuts off. Because it ceases to be useful as this person rejects the reality that is put in front of them. 
Yes. Um, and that stress level thing comes up later in a big bad way. Yeah. Um, to the kind of the tragedy at the ending of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, the puzzle of this is to try to find ways to get to know this guy and make him comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like going through his room and digging through his stuff to see how we can trick him. Mm-hmm. Basically, like we killed one version of him, you know, and this is all text. Like uh, Simon is asking this is like, did we just like, was that guy alive? Yeah. Like, did we just bring that guy back to life? And Catherine is getting you to paper over this because obviously answering that question might stop you from doing it. Right. And she's got her eyes on the prize. <laughs> right. You know, and also Catherine has been turned off again and again and again. Every time we take the Game Boy and take it out of its dock, we're getting a new Catherine, basically. Like, there's not continuity there, right? So, so she's the, going, the, the, she's the, swapping. The way, the way that she describes it, so it, it, is, it is still her, but it's, mm-hmm. ga- it's gaps in time. It's really, it's really disorienting for her, but it's not like she, she comes to, at the moment of her scan, she comes to what feels like an instant after you unplugged her. Well, that's what happens whenever you get replugged. Because you don't you don't remember time that's not, you know, unplugged. No. You know, like it's not like to anybody it would just be like a series of these awakenings. You know, if it was the like if it, I guess yeah, I guess that's true. It'd yeah, be the when, same when, one to have the memories. Yeah, when, when, yeah. So yeah. so the, the, there is continuity of memory for her. It is a new simulation every time for Brandon. Every time we we, we load him up in this machine here, he he is always he always says the same thing. Like, oh well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely knew it was for that way for Brandon. I was trying to think if it was that way for for mm-hmm. Catherine. Yeah. Um. But anywho, uh, you're finding things to comfort him, and you basically see that there was a girl he liked. Yeah. <laughs> this know? woman named Alice, uh, who, you know, we, we, we have, um, like an appearance scan for, her. we just need to, uh, data mine an intercom here in his room. So Catherine can imitate his voice. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the first, one of the first indications of what the crew's opinion of, of, of Catherine was like is, is down here, um, is, um, uh, a note that Brandon left, you know, the, you know, the biggest pain was that Chun girl. She is so fucking uncomfortable at all times. It makes my skin crawl. Yeah. 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 But we find out that, uh, that Brandon and Alice, they did their scan together. Yes. Yep. Uh, so you go in, you uh, get the voice from the intercom and you have to trick him. You have different settings you can choose Mm -hmm. like a beach or a ski lodge or whatever, but that will make him suspicious and think it's the wow. Yeah. Doing things. You had to use the scan room. So he just thinks he just got his picture taken and just woke up with Alice. Yeah. You know, uh, and she gets the security code from, and then you apologize to him. You're like, I'm really sorry, Brandon. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we got to turn you off. Uh, it feels like you could have left him on there, but that wouldn't have been a mercy, right? (laughs) Just trapped in this scan room. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no good, good being trapped here. Mm -hmm. Um, so you take this cipher and you go activate the Dunbat, uh, but it has a personality loaded into it and goes crazy, throws a tantrum and falls down into the abyss. Yes. Uh, that was our ride. <laughs> there's yes there, there there are scant few options uh for 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 proceeding um before we move on we should we should say you can delete brandon's scan so we can't go mm-hmm. through that again you can also delete your own scan as well so you can't be yes. uh reloaded into something else even though there are things um implic- implications of other sites underwater sites yeah uh around the world that you can see uh kind of notes about which probably have scans Probably. Even if they don't have the wow, you know, it's probably not deleting it from the world. Right. Yeah. Uh, so really the only thing to do is move forward. We can't plug Catherine back in. So we go through some vents and we get down to uh, this facility, this room, 
in Theta where the Ark, the physical um, vessel for the Ark, was developed. Uh, you can uh, look at this terminal, um, and this is the, the computer that Catherine used to actually load everybody into the Ark for departure. Um, and she even, like, writes a note and apologizes to everyone that she couldn't scan because of all of the, um, you, you know, the, the suicides, right? Like, yes. hey, this, this stop before we could actually get the work done. Um, you can plug Catherine in, and she's really upset that the dumbbat went down. Um, we only have really one other way to do this. We can get to Omicron, uh, get a new diving suit, and take the crawler down. Uh, Catherine is not really um, open with Simon. Not that he would believe her anyway. Simon's like, oh, I'll put on a diving suit over my diving suit. And Catherine's like, yeah, sure. Well, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like literally let's go with that. Yeah. You know, I, I, we will stop, you know, and like, there's a, there's a, a reason for her to, in the name of expediency, not be totally transparent. Yeah. Like, it's not like there aren't monsters about, right. You know, yeah. uh, she's trying to get something done uh -huh. and there are tons of homicidal machine mans yes. about, so like, let's get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's like, well, here it, you know, just trust me on this one. There's a structural analyzer here. If you step into it, we'll figure out exactly what you are. And then maybe they'll help us. Yeah. And you step in and you are not like a robot. Mm -hmm. uh, you are a corpse uh, fused with a diving suit. Mm -hmm. um, specifically a corpse of Imogen Reed, uh, who is implied to be, uh, you know, friendly with Catherine, possibly romantic. Mm-hmm. With Catherine, like there's a part where it's like, oh, she was nice to me. Like that's yeah. you know, she she, she was stopped my herself from dot, saying dot, more. Dot. Yeah, yeah. Um. So and she's like, this is good. Like we've seen how when the WoW makes uh, people, they turn into nightmares and machines, mm -hmm. they go crazy. Like you're the best of both worlds. Like maybe yeah. this is what we need is like this man-machine fusion. Mm -hmm. Um. And <laughs> like you were made by the WoW. Okay, that's yeah. data. Nobody ever like explicitly says it. But, like, you know, the monsters that you've seen are progress on the way to you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You are a final draft. And you're doing pretty okay. Yeah, you're fine. You know? You're all right. <laughs> um, you know, so because you uh, you have this Cortex chip in you, just like I do, you can be loaded into a different thing, into a yes. pilot seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and no. Catherine sees a lot of this data here. She wants to run some tests um, on one of the prototype arcs here to figure out how to get people on there. An important thing to say is that the Catherine that we are talking to, she just woke up after the WoW put her put her into a different machine. She didn't actually – she's an early scan before the arc was finished, right? She's so the she, first scan. Yeah. So she's like, like, I had to do it myself before I could – yeah, you know, feel, yeah, feel 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 comfortable doing it for anybody else. So she doesn't know how the arc was finished or how everything was loaded up. She just kind of knows the principles that she was working on here. Um, you know, that's actually sad offhandedly, like, oh, like you might still be alive somewhere down here, or we might find you. And she's like, Hey, don't talk about that. That weirds me out. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, her like, I've I've put in this ontological work, I don't want to undo it. Yeah. Kind of stance. Yeah. yeah. Uh so we have this simulation where she's running this test. We have a little thing where you have to pause it, pause it while it says dummy data. And mm -hmm. um, we can change the speed on which it changes, you know, a little minor puzzle. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that's how she's going to learn how to load you in. But we still have to go, like, make the body and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is tasks. the little puzzle where you have to, like, load the modules in under the, um, uh, like, under the memory limit. Yeah. So, so we, we head over to the Theta Labs here to do this. They're in disrepair. Uh, and we start finding these bodies that look like they are dead, mm -hmm. uh, but we can hear them breathing. Yeah. Um, they're, 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 they look dead. They're like 
hand, kind of, like their skin is there. What's happening is they have been plugged into the WoW, they're breathing, their minds aren't there because the WoW has put them into basically an idealized version of their memory. So when Akers was talking about, oh, I don't need these eyes to see the glorious reality that my warden wants to put us in, well, Akers, Terry Akers, he is acting as a physical agent to catch people not to kill them but to basically put them into a lotus and in, 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 you know into an island island of the lotus eaters essentially yeah. yeah to give them a version of eternal bliss which is know? pretty pretty close to what the ark is <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's not it's not actually that different like you know that the the questions this game trucks with where it's mm-hmm. like if you're perceiving yourself in heaven what's the difference between that being in heaven yeah you know what does uh, other, the physical like, reality matter that it is that it looks horrifying from the outside? Yeah. Yep. Like again, like, or like a total recall. Yeah. You know, what's the difference between going on a vacation and getting the memories of going on a vacation? Mm-hmm. You know, at a certain point in time, they're identical. Right. Um, interesting shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there's this note about Catherine uh, Strohmeyer mandated these evaluations of her. Um, and you know, she doesn't make eye contact. She doesn't, she hates talking, you know, very socially awkward. Yeah. Uh, the doctor says she has a weak character and can be domineered. Like everybody is negging Catherine left and right. Yeah. She seems nice. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't deserve that. Like a, a little like off-putting, a little bit harsh, you know, yeah, so you can kind of understand yeah. why she's got a little bit of the reputation, but mm-hmm. also, you know, come on guys. Yeah. Just your, just your coworker. There's no reason to, there's no reason to make problems. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, like leading from this office, there's a, there, there's a trail of blood leaving over this autopsy room. Uh, this is where acres was, was taken after, um, uh, people didn't get the memo cause it wasn't sent like, Hey, if acres comes, uh, you know, don't, don't bring him in, uh, because he was in a coma. He filled himself with this, uh, with a structure gel. Uh, we read the notes, the table is empty. And mm-hmm. like where wherever he was, wherever he bled, uh, the, the blood has actually started like bubbling into these wild barnacle tumors that are pretty upsetting mm-hmm. to me. And the enemy here is Acres, who is roaming around, who is blind. Um, and this is the one who cannot see you, but can hear you very well. Yeah, this is cool. Like, I, I really like the, uh, you know, the idea of just getting around on sound mm-hmm. here. Like, there's crap on the floor. Yep. And there are ways to attract him by busting open a window. Mm-hmm. There are other ways to get through where you can go silent. Like, he only spawns at a certain point until the end of this. Yeah. You can avoid the spawn entirely if you're quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't put this together, but theoretically, you could, since you learned about Acres before this, a player could. Mm-hmm. They could be like, hey, this guy doesn't have eyes. Yeah. I need to be really quiet. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you're rewarded. Like, you can avoid this monster encounter until the scripted bit at the end. Yeah. Um, that's very cool to me. <laughs> Yes. Um, I love the medical lab with the little chambers where they were running uh, tests on the wow. Basically, yeah. like they, they put some of the structure structure gel in there and saw the way that it grew and like attached the walls and formed these just basically tried to form a way to get out. Uh, nice. Little is this where creepy... the rat-o is? Yes. Yeah. Little rat they <laughs> added structure gel to and it's alive of a sort. Yeah. Like it kind of kicks and has lights on it. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> Um, there's a buffer nearby where, uh, Brandon Wan, our old friend who we murdered a lot is talking <laughs> with, uh, Alice and saying like, listen, I'll distract acres and make room for you and then circle back. Right. Like basically I will sacrifice myself against this monster. There was like a, you know, a, an action game that played out here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he doesn't say I'm, I'm sacrificing myself. Like he assures them like, Hey, I'm not going to no. die today. He, he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. 
um, the way out of this area uh, down the stairs, it's been it's been sabotaged, and the elevator has this component missing. Um, what what Brandon did was sabotage that door and the elevator to keep Acres at bay. Brandon's actually taken the chip that is necessary, and we find his body. Uh, we find him holding this chip uh, from the elevator. What he did, he distracted Terry um, and uh, killed himself so, so the people with the Ark could get away. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you take the chip, you reformat it, uh, and then you sit, uh, seat the, the chip and ride the elevator until mm-hmm. it stops. I uh, hear this ladder collapses under you as you try to climb down here, dropping you to the bottom of the transport level, knocking yeah. you out. There are a lot of like concussion wipes. Yes. In this game. Yeah, and you wake up. Uh, Terry, uh, Terry has gotten you. Akers has you. Yeah. He's holding you by the throat, and then uh, things go black. And you wake up, and you're in your apartment in uh, in, in Toronto. Things are yep. kind of like they used to be, except over at the window, there's a woman. There is Ashley. And she's, mm-hmm. like, talking to you like you are in a relationship. And yeah. when and you're like, what do I do? What happened? And she's like, we're just going to do what couples do. Yes. Like it is this AI's version of what it thinks you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, really creepy. Yeah. The illusion goes away and Simon wakes up. He finds himself fused the meat goo on the wall, kind of down on the transport station where he was headed to. And Terry is still going around. But yeah, he, he has gotten you and has put you into the wow to get you into this own version of the arc. Yes. Yeah, other other kind of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you wind through these maintenance tunnels as you get through, uh, kind of pumping this backup generator by hand in order to open a door and navigating the cistern full of this, like, blood-red wow water. Uh, <laughs> creepy sub, sub piece. Yep. Uh, and activate this power switch for a transport uh, on your way back, but a rush of water flushes you out to sea mm-hmm. uh, on here. So you're outside again. Uh, we are outside of Omicron, which is where we were headed anyway to get the uh, to get the diving suit that we're going to put on over our regular suit. No further questions. <laughs> yes. Uh, so there are some bodies out here, uh, people who have attempted to make their escape. Um, uh, you find them littered along, but when you get to the door of Omicron, uh, it's locked up. Uh, Omicron has actually quarantined itself, and people pretty much died waiting out when you know like waiting outside while they tried to find a way to get it get in there's nearby annex where the power is there's somebody uh very horrifyingly when you check the buffer he couldn't stand the idea of just slowly dying as the oxygen ran out down here so in front of everybody he just took his dive helmet off yeah <laughs> bleak game bleak hey everybody uh, a lot of bleak things happen yeah um yeah. <laughs> uh you know, inside we find another body uh, with its head missing and we try its buffer. It's just white noise. Catherine says it's black box must have been uh, overloaded. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, you're like, oh, humans have black boxes. And she's like, we all do. Like, <laughs> these are things that were uh, imprinted into us, you know, as part of our work here. Yeah. You know, and that's probably what you're doing when you're reading them. There's a great part here where she's like, how, do you, what, how did you figure out how to do that? Mm-hmm. And you say, like, oh, I just do it. Like yeah. And she's like, that's so interesting that, like, your brain <laughs> kind of made this really natural, this thing that is literally you mm-hmm. sucking data from a black box in a person's brain, yeah. which is a thing that as a human we have absolutely no mechanism for, mm-hmm. but your brain just made it happen. Yeah. It's it's like psychic communication. Just you touch it and you hear and you hear. That's mm-hmm. the way that it, it it is conceptualized for you. Yeah, that's the metaphor. Yeah. Um, I, what I love about this, too, just as you're talking about, Catherine, there have been a few conversations like this. 
But like as you're waiting for some of the power to come back on, you know, Catherine starts talking about like, you know, what it's like for her not to have a body. You know, Simon asks, he's like, oh, I, I don't really think about it. Um, you know, really, whenever I'm plugged in, it's like I'm floating in air. And yeah, yeah. it's a little bit disorienting, but we have we have so much else to worry about. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but it's just so crazy. When you do not have a body, your mind fills in that you're in this void floating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is where she talks about how uh, the WoW's primary goal was to keep humanity alive. Um, so that's why all this horror show stuff is happening um after the comet hit it was like oh shit mm -hmm. it's go time for keeping humanity alive <laughs> you know i'm Getting down to the last space the missile leagues. command yeah. you know? <laughs> all hands on deck here yeah um uh, we restore power to the facility with a little panel puzzle mm -hmm. uh the terminal uh to end the omicron's quarantine to get in requires a passcode and I, and, I, so, and I love this. You go to another terminal yeah. to look for the information as you would. Um, and it starts like glitching out. And occasionally you've seen like little like flashes of a message uh, that, that have popped up. But there's like one of the main buttons on the interface is just nonsense. It's just, it's just garbage text. When you when you touch it, it plays this low tone. And then it just uh, displays the, the, the number 7755 repeatedly across the screen. Mm -hmm. um, and Simon says, you know, why do I feel like we just got lured into the back of a van? Like what wants us in there? And yeah. he, he even, you know, was like, like, are we being lured into a trap essentially? And, you know, Simon expresses that like, Hey, something wants us to come in. Catherine says, Oh, well, we want to get in. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey buddy, we don't have that much to fear. There are <laughs> right. copies of us about, yeah. uh, so we can't get in uh, via the front entrance because of mechanical failure. So we climb on some scaffolding to get into Omicron. Um, once we're inside, everyone here has an exploded head. Um, <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. Did you know that that's the name for like when you're going to bed and you feel that sudden start? Mm-hmm. Is called exploding head syndrome? Yep. Yeah. I, I, so I, 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 I suffer don't from mean that to... really badly. Yeah. It's, uh, it, and it's weird yeah. to know that it has a name. And it's weird that and that is that the, the name, name that is they that. have. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, it's a horrible name for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, I, I got it real bad. Happens mm -hmm. to me like most nights. Yeah. Uh, as I'm going to bed. Um, but anyway, everybody here has exploded head syndrome. And <laughs> a deep voice uh, cuts in as you're hearing, you start hearing voices. And one of them mm -hmm. says, you have to stop this. You have to stop it. Mm-hmm. So. So you're dealing with that. This is, oh, this is the, the, you know, whatever thing showed you the code before. Yes. Uh, you plug Catherine in and she says, Hey, our plan is to transfer your mind into a new body. And basically your diving suit, what you have, uh, will not sustain, will not withstand the, the, withstand the pressure. You will be crushed like a pop can. She says, so we need to basically build you a new one. And Simon is not on board. No, obviously not. Right. You know, like on some level, he understands mm -hmm. that this sucks. Um, she says, well, you just go along with it for now. You know, if we find a better way, mm -hmm. you know, to do this, like we will. But for now, it's the only thing we have. Let's do this and then look around for a better way while we do it. Right. Like she's basically ameliorating you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, not ameliorating, assuaging. Yes. Uh, you... Uh, you know, inside one of the pods there, you see that there's a power suit with a headless body inside. It doesn't have a headless body inside. A thing rips off its head as soon as you open the door. Yeah. Uh, which is very funny. It's like, I'm not getting in that. <laughs> getting in the head ripper. Yeah. Uh, but she says this is good news. Like, hey, this is pretty close to what you, you know, what you already are. It's a body with, with a suit. Mm 
mm-hmm. you know, we've already discovered that's good. Yes. Um, so go grab these things. We need a Cortex chip, uh, some structure gel, and a battery pack in order to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to, just to build a new you. Like, the, like these are the ingredients that make a Simon. Let's, mm-hmm. let, let's do it. Uh, so you, you go around. Uh, there's a lab that you find uh, that has been examining the ways that WoW is altering sea life. So it is not mm-hmm. just working on people, you know, it's, it's remit is to preserve humanity, but it is also causing this very strange and perverted evolution elsewhere, basically wherever the structure gel has been, has been able to get again, it is this, it is this cancer and it's especially bad down at the abyss. Um, yeah. The notes that they, um, that, that they're going for here, they talk about finding this 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 dead person uh johan ross the ai psychologist who was down here working with the wow one of the people from carthage uh they found him dead and mutated in the crawler basically the like the the the, the elevator that goes from the the abyss up to the plateau love a crawler (laughs) um so you go in this clean room that's dedicated to studying the wow's effects on structure gel um, this is where, uh, there are, this is actually where the rats. Oh, I, are, I, I thought uh, the, the, the rat was there before. This is like, this is where they've got the, um, the regular mice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, while, uh, you know, the rats that get reanimated seem apathetic while, uh, one of them that was living seems stressed out. Yeah. Like by, this is not this right. This, this undead rat that is here. And then the killing started. The the, yeah. the the wow revived rat started started going nuts and going after the living thing, mm-hmm. so not the best. Um, but like what happens is this wow controlled structure gel, when it is put into any situation, it starts trying to fix whatever it is. So if it's put onto a simple circuit, it will it, it will do its best to bridge the gap basically, and then also modify mo- modify its performance. Right. It is a it is a helpful gel like a one. <laughs> um, <the, laughs> uh, so uh, we get the control skip uh, control chip mm-hmm. uh, and the gel storage uh, and this control chip fries when we try mm-hmm. to use it. But we take it over to dispenser and the gel fixes it. It's yeah. kind of showing how miraculous this is. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see how these people eat. This had big shades of prey mm-hmm. and really made me want to play prey again with those like weird little nutrient cubes. I love the nutrient cubes. In, God, I love a nutrient cube, dude. Yeah. Uh, this is called munch print where you can print uh, things. And we didn't really talk about this, but I love uh, in this future, like, and this happens a lot in sci-fi, but uh Chinese culture mm-hmm. and languages has become dominant. Mm-hmm. So not only is everything written in English and Chinese, mm-hmm. but also uh, the food reflects that. Mm-hmm. And that Which is a big uh, trope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, let me print some uh, curry, man. I, I will be very yeah, happy Chinese with that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, the, there's only one monster here and it's down in the power area. Um, you've got to sneak by it to get the battery back. Uh, this one ended up being pretty frustrating for me. I don't know what its exact gimmick was. It felt like it just liked standing in choke points. So I ended up having to like lure it away, have it knock me out and then hope that it, that it spawned somewhere else. So I could get, I think the, the gimmick to this one is that you do have to lure it. Okay. Uh, and that you move faster than it. Gotcha. Um, so like you don't you don't run slower than any of the monsters mm-hmm. in this. Like if you're a sprint, you run faster than all the monsters. If you're running straight away, they won't catch you. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one you have to kind of get it into a circular area so you can get past it. 
uh, where you can kind of make your way around. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like a lower concept gimmick than a lot of them. I was uh, I was curious. It just uh, maybe there was a problem with my sprint button or whatever. It felt like it was catching up to me. So maybe I was not sprinting when I thought I was. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Or it might just be you know it it doesn't take corners well or something. You need to yeah I, uh, be more circuitous or something like that. I think mm-hmm. the, the gimmick to this one though is just run away. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the final things we have to do is reroute reroute some lights on this terminal to get the uh, Cortex chip. Right. Uh, here. Um. The monster appears upstairs when we try to get back to this dive room, uh, and when we get in, Catherine locks the door behind you, right. uh, which is useful in a narrative cons- you know, sense because you're now trapped, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. The only way you forward know? is forward. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is where she gives you the coin flip uh-huh. metaphor, right? Um, which is, you know, I use that as a, whenever I talk about the singularity as a thing, in the game, it is a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no coin flip. She's saying it to make you feel better. Yes. You saying know. that, saying that, okay, you have a fifty-fifty chance of ending up in the new body or not when we do the transfer. Yep. Uh, so you decide to go along with it, and you wake up in the new body. And at first, you're like, "Oh, this is great!" Like mm-hmm. you look down, but you hear yourself in the room, like uh, <laughs> being like, "Hey, it didn't work." Uh huh. You know what happened, and then falling asleep, which is a horrific idea. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really scary. Uh, and you fight Catherine about it, mm-hmm. and she's like. No, you won the coin flip because she's talking to, you know, there's no coin flip. She's talking to the currently controlled. Mm-hmm. The only difference between you and that Simon is which one the player is controlling. Yes. At that point. Like that is why this couldn't be a book. This has to be a game mm-hmm. because you couldn't do things like that very easily. Right. Yeah. But who you are controlling matters in a way that like the yes. viewpoint character in a novel would not in a way that a viewpoint character couldn't convey. Yeah. It wouldn't feel nearly as visceral. Yes. Like, of course this is me. I'm mm-hmm. moving around with WASD, you yeah. know? Uh, but you're real mad mm-hmm. about this. Uh, and you say that she misled you. And she's like, I, I didn't. I, you like, know? I, and and this, that's, this is the yeah. first time where she starts saying like, I'd like, I don't know how many times I have to explain this to you. Like we, we can't yeah. keep going over this. Yep. Uh, there's one more big time of that. Yeah. Uh, that happens, but this is the first time where that, and eventually, you know, you calm down and you're like, uh, you know, uh, what, what do we do with him? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. You know, yeah. he's, like, well, he's going to wake up just as scared as I was. Mm-hmm. And she's like, listen, if you want to kill him, you can, but I'm not going to make this decision for you. Right. And she sets up a kill Simon button. Mm-hmm. And then she, can she pieces out. She doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Like this is, yeah. we're broken up yeah. for 10 minutes. I'm going offline. Yeah. Um, so it's up to you whether you mercy kill Simon. This is a, a choice mm-hmm. uh, in the game. I think it's probably a good idea. There's a monster banging at the door. Yeah. Uh, and he's sleeping. That's probably about as peacefully as you can go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this when you get into, again, just a, as, a, as a big Simon stan. Um, <laughs> him having these mood swings, uh, he immediately is like weirdly regretful and reflective as soon as they get in the crawler. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I love this line. He starts talking about like... You know, do we know if there's anything after this? Like, you know, and to me, it was like, what did I just do to that Simon? Yeah. You know, the conversation's the same whether you kill him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but is life, you know, since I was used as a base, is, you know, life, is the world full of redundant copies of me? You know, if I go to heaven, is it going to be full of Simons, mm-hmm. you know, that actually went there? And then I, lo- I love this so much. He's like, please say something. Like, I don't want to thank, please. Like, he's begging her to engage with him because of the alternative. You know, this game is all about 
choosing an alternative in the face mm. of something yeah. too hard to to deal with and being in silence while crawling to the bottom lowest point in the ocean mm-hmm. after this like having pissed off your only friend yeah uh is really sad please say something i don't want to think the alternative is for his mind to spiral and to devour itself yeah yeah like there's the, the, uh, he, he he needs to process this and he cannot process it alone and and she says like i don't want to upset you like i'm not talking because i don't want you to freak out yeah you know and when he eventually says you know please just say something she talks about when she was a kid uh in taipei and going up to the rooftop and like smelling all the food in the neighborhood and looking through the haze and like uh feeling really connected to the world in a way that she never really did yes like that was that was the highlight for her as we're talking about you know what does like the sensory experience of a being of being human mean you know and mm-hmm. like for somebody who did not experience any meaningful connections outside of outside of that again you can see how that would make them adapt to this a little bit easier because yes. there wasn't there wasn't as much of a loss the loss for her was not as was not as profound right yes you know as for simon it was you know he had friends he had a life and even though his life was coming to an end he you know he was he, he had roots right and he yeah. says you know like even in my worst case scenario you know, as I was, you know, given six months to live or whatever, everything still involved my old life somehow. There, you know, there was never this kind of disconnect. It wouldn't have even been possible to imagine th- that this kind of disconnect could happen. Yes. Uh, inconceivable. Yes. Um, you know, Catherine cuts out because of a power outage. We fix her and then we're just like, hey, what was that like? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and this is, you know, starts the kind of like, she's more comfortable talking about practical things Mm -hmm. than philosophical things. Right. Um, As we're making our way through here, our vision starts distorting and a horrifying humanoid monster uh, crawls down from the roof of the elevator and gets in your face yelling at you. I love it. Uh, Yeah, it's it's good. Smooky. Uh, You did it. You did it. Uh, I will make the preparations. Mm -hmm. And then blackout. You wake up on the ocean floor uh, <laughs> outside of Omega Sector. I love the ocean floor segment, like like this part of the ocean floor, like upper ocean floor, good, pretty, or whatever. Down here, mm-hmm. it is it is pitch black. You know, yeah. the ground is completely covered with wow corals. All that you have is whatever lights they put up to guide. Like, okay, if you're walking toward blue lights, you you know you're you're headed toward this facility. Red lights. There's this other facility, but the only the only other light is from your flashlight and from whatever ambient glow is coming from the wow that is growing all around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really good. Um, you run along this path of lights uh, under this huge wow mutated sea creature. That's here. Um, there's this wind created by this uh, you know water wind uh, mm-hmm. created by this volcanic event nearby uh again just really striking uh about halfway through the lights go out and you have to activate this underwater drone Mm -hmm. uh, and route it to taos you can follow its light yeah uh and as you do you see a light uh (laughs) in front of you um you've been using light paths the entire time Mm -hmm. and what is this but a wow anglerfish that has adapted i love it uh Yep. So, as if anglerfish weren't already the most horrifying things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a giant anglerfish is always going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. It's such a scary idea. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so you've got to uh, got to avoid that. You have to go <laughs> go through this uh, uh, coral tunnel uh, to avoid these things that are above you. This this is one of the most like visually. Again, this is where the be- like the beautiful scary comes in as you go through this tunnel and it's glowing. You don't necessarily you don't necessarily need the lights because it is full of these weakly bioluminescent crabs that look like pale spiders that are carpeting mm-hmm. every surface here and are moving. Uh, so it looks yeah. kind of like the wall is breathing. Like this is scary to me. I yeah. it's real unpleasant, but also you know beautiful in an alien way. I like it. Yeah, agreed. Um, you continue through forward to site Tau. Um, a data buffer near the start of this reveals that the people of Tau were alive when the Ark team got here. Uh, their communications were cut off and everyone thought they were dead, but they've been here and in rough straits. Like they've yeah. been out, they're not doing good. Their real food ran out. Mm-hmm. So they've been eating fake food. Um, everybody here is having kind of a rough time. Yes. Uh, you open this very slow hatch and you meet your next foe, uh, this Jin Yoshida. Uh, he's basically the final exam of regular enemies who uh, are going to come at you. Basically, he has every single trick uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, that that could uh, that, that could be. He can open doors, comes after you, can hear you, see you, um, does everything except for teleport, basically. Yes. Uh, you get past him and get into the living area here. Um, some bodies are cocooned with the WoW. Uh, other bodies are dead. And data mining reveals that something went wrong and the arc launch was called off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and swarms of monsters kept them trapped here. They could not continue to work on the arc. Right. Here. Yeah. So they couldn't go back up to the plateau where they could do more work. Now they're, they're stuck uh, where everybody mm-hmm. else was. Like, th- it was assumed that Tau, everybody in Tau was dead because of the food shortage. Yes. And then all of a sudden, here comes more mouths. Mm-hmm. Oops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get to a living area um, with a common common room and then individual quarters off to the side. Um, like we said, you can try and get into Johan Ross's room, but it requires this password. Uh, when you go to the terminal to enter it, uh, the password enters automatically, kind of confirming that this thing that is speaking to you through corrupted machinery is Johan himself. Mm-hmm who has come loose Mm -hmm. within the system. You can get inside. You read his journal. uh, You find out, okay, the ARC people wanted to stick around to Tau to get this launch figured out. Uh, This meant that, you know, somebody needed to go back up the, uh, needed to venture to go back up the uh, elevator to the plateau to tell people what was up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ross also wanted to warn other people about how bad the WoW had gotten. Uh, Basically, everything that we saw up there down here at the abyss, they've been dealing with it for, for, for much longer. Right. Yep. So, but the problem is he was corrupted. And when he came to up there, he spread the corruption as well. So, oops. Yes. Yep. Um, as you continue forward, you get into this infirmary and there's a re- another really striking, you know, capital S scene in this game mm-hmm. where we see, uh, this woman named Sarah. Um, she is wounded. She's starving. You know, she's, she's skeletal basically. And this is the last living human, mm-hmm. uh, at least on this facility and arguably on the planet. Yeah. You know, probably on the planet. Odds are good. Um, yeah. Uh, and you, you talk to her and she's like, she's been on this life support mm-hmm. um, with the idea of protecting the Ark. Like she wouldn't allow herself to die. She hasn't been like, wow, supported. She's not, you know, she's fully human. Yeah. I mean, the wow probably offered to grow her all kinds of organs outside of her body. Yeah. Give her the I'll full give you some run. Food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, you're not going to like it. Uh. Um, 
you know, I'll give you some Arby's. <laughs> um, but, so, uh, and she's been life support for 312 days. Yeah. Plugged into this uh, machine, just, not able to go anywhere, not eating a single thing for basically a year. Yeah. Uh, this just sounds so horrible. Mm-hmm. And she basically says like, now that you're here to do the arc stuff, like kill me, mm-hmm. like kill the last human. This fucking sucks. Yeah. Simon. Like, she says you know, that. Like, and, that's what she says. Yeah. You, you ask like, Hey, is, is this something I should do? It feels disrespectful to what we were. She says, Simon, this fucking, this is not life. This fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Like when you do it, she's like, stay here with me, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, that's a very sad thing that happens in real life all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, in hospitals and such. The last, um, it's, it, and it's weird that the idea that the last human shouldn't have to die alone. Yeah. It, that's really, again, is, does it count? Yeah. Like, why not? It comforted her. Why shouldn't Simon count? It's, you it, know, like, it's like, it's like a, like a, like a poignant and existential version of like the last man sat in a room. And then somebody knocked mm-hmm. at the door. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just, just like really, really sad. Uh, she talks about how beautiful Greenland is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, she really, you know, she liked everyone in Pathos. She's very grateful. Like, this is very sweet. Yeah. You know, I was, I liked everyone, even Catherine. <laughs> she says. Sick burn. Sick burn to Catherine on your way out. I'm saving my death burn for something uh, very special. Ooh, Yeah. Do, yeah. do you have to do you have to issue a death burn to get a heaven wish you just get one oh, okay it's up to you whether you want to play it or not it's optional. gotcha i gotcha oh. <laughs> you exercise your discretion yes. uh yeah so you have the arc now um you mm-hmm. can load it into this mover it'll go automatically automatically to the gun however the only way out is this airlock uh but the mechanism to equalize the pressure uh is broken i like this as like an actual little puzzle you can basically brute force it just by looking around see, seeing what you uh what what you can interact with but what's the quickest way to equalize the pressure of something other water let's open this bitch up yep. baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yep. you're you're about some pipes and let the water flood in doesn't matter yep <laughs> Now that uh, you know, what's her head is dead. <laughs> yep. Whoever the last little person on Earth was, Sarah. Let, yeah. let, let's have a water party. <laughs> yeah. Um. So afterwards, we get out. We walk down this tunnel, um, and it slowly gets more corrupted. It's turning into like these twisting wow conduits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ross appears uh, to you, Johan, saying, "This is where it all went wrong. This is Site Alpha." Yeah. You know, uh, and he continues to appear to you as this kind of little ghost. Uh, you know, kind of taunting you and stuff until Simon eventually just says, like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me what you want. And he explains his plan. Right. The uh, plan, um, you know, because the wow goes through the structure gel, what we need to do is poison it. Well, you know, I uh, created this, you know, corrupted structure gel that will neutralize basically any of the gel connected to the wow. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he came to be at Omicron and nobody believed him except for this, except for this woman who was up there. I forget the name of her, but she continued the research that, like, and made, and made the gel. She started enacting his plan. Like, Hey, this is obviously bad. We need to, we need to actually go, go and use this. When she went to get the wow, the wow figured it out, knew what the plan was. And the way Johan describes it is the wow shrieked. Um, and that's what popped everybody's heads. Like yep. could connected, everybody connected to the network. Um, at least in that facility to, you know, the wow blew up their heads to try and stop this woman who was going to deliver the, to deliver the gel. But that just happened to be the vial of structured gel that you grabbed from the cabinet up there. That's why Johan Ross said, Oh, you did it. You have it. I will make the preparations. Yeah. Also why he let you in and why they wanted in there. It wasn't a trap. He wasn't luring you into the back of a van. Mm-hmm. 
except to give you some really good speakers. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. free. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, um, so, you know, now that you have this, he says, like, you are a venomous state, snake. You are a snake. Strike at its heart. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants you to uh, shut down the wow. Shows you where it's at. You can see kind of its original, like, nesting place where it's, like, grown and broken free of its, mm-hmm. like, little structure and stuff. And this also is a choice. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do this. Uh, and... You know, both times I played the game, I did this. Yeah. Uh, there is a, you know, there's a real argument that the WoW is going to figure shit out and is a hope for terrestrial humanity. Yes. That something will would emerge from WoW, literally like life emerged from the sea before, that the WoW could, you know, keep us safe until the surface is habitable again. And we would walk up to land and start something, start something different. Like we have the... We we have the mines. We have all the scans and stuff. Yeah. We could start doing this. And yes, everything that WoW is doing is unpleasant. It looks horrific. It is completely painful to, you know, to go through. There are all kinds of things. But like natural evolution, you know, each of us, we're standing on top of uh, just a mountain of charnel house awful, right? Yeah. All of our existences are predicated on countless deaths, right? How different is that than what the WoW is doing? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like it's it, it's up to your interpretation. Do you gamble that? Do you let the WoW continuing to torture, continue to torture the assembled minds of humanity that it has around? Or do you stop this? Or so do you, do you let him, or, so do you let him continue torturing or do you stop it, put an end to it and invest the future of humanity entirely in this, you know, glorified tombstone that you're launching into space? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Um, like I kill the wow yeah. because it looks because it sucks, but yeah, you know, I but can it's see also it. like not only, you know, to your point that it could eventually create something that would crawl onto the sea. You are the wow's latest creation. Yes. You the player and you've been doing pretty good. Yeah. You're not insane. You're yeah. industrious and hardy and like all of these things and you are now in like a deep sea suit that could probably handle being on the surface as well. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, like, if you want more of you, like, the wow is the answer to that. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, it might take a really long time, but yeah, it's arguable. Like, yeah. it is presented as... I love that they present this as a choice. I feel like a weaker game would not have done that. Yeah. Like, it takes... You know, it's not... I'm not saying it's, like, absolute brain genius level uh, smart edition, but, like, you <laughs> have to... The game does not underline the fact that the wow could be correct. Right. You know, that takes, like, you know, the fact that this game is so haunting and it's going to, the puzzle pieces are going to ruminate in your brain mm-hmm. after you play it, kind of made me think about that after I played it. Yeah. You know, there, there's really no, like, like the, the, there's really no evangelist for the WoW at this point. Like, Terry Akers was doing his own thing, but he never spoke directly to you. You saw the evidence of this. You have Johan, who understands the WoW better than anybody, but he still sees it as a threat, and he is the person who gives you gives you what you need to take it out. The WoW cannot speak for itself. You have to put it together based on the evidence that you have seen that the, that this might not be a dead end in a way, yeah. in a way that the simulation you know, effectively like is a dead end The like the people who are on it, there will never be more people unless you make artificial ones, you know, yeah. like the world can actually change. You can make new ones. It is, it, 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 it is fake. And yep. does that matter? I, I don't know. 
<laughs> and and they're not mutually exclusive. Right, right. Right? Like like the beautiful tombstone that humanity gets of these last remaining humans living in an eternity of paradise mm-hmm. can exist alongside these growing pains. Yes. That happen at the bottom of the sea that mm-hmm. might be the future of our race, you know, whatsoever yeah. in a meaningful way. Like really heady shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, cost, good. the cost to allowing the wow to continue is, you know, more of what happened to you and more of what happened to the, you know, to Brandon, lots yeah. of, lots of very, iteration. yeah, lots of painful iteration. And will you co-sign that? Will you enable it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Will, will you condemn those people to that? Great stuff. Um, yeah. If you decide to kill the wow, you do it by doing, fisting the ultimate anus. <laughs> and when you do, you fist it so hard that you pull your arm back and it's just a stump. Yes. The anus bites back. <laughs> um, it's anal ventata. Teeth dentata. <laughs> yeah, teeth two. Uh, butt dentata. Uh, and, uh, you know, this doesn't hurt you or anything. You're fine. Uh-huh. Um, Ross appears and he's like, listen, I'm going to have to kill you because you have the poison gel. You're going to be immune to this new pattern. Mm-hmm. You're the last little bit of the wow. Right. So you have to die. He promises to make it quick. And, like, we get a good, this is the first time we get a physical look at him. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the most upsetting looking things in the game because he yeah. mostly has, like, a like a human form. But he has you know, just, like, tubes going into every single hole in his head. Like, it's it's yeah. pretty rough. He's about to come and end you um, when this huge creature reaches up through the floor and munches him. Uh, this is the final monster that we have to deal with, um, aside from Catherine's lies. Um, no, this is the, <laughs> this is the uh, this is the le- Leviathan uh, that is, that yes. is here, kind of a combination squid whale kind of thing. Yep, the squid and the whale. Ooh, uh, and you uh, run away from it along the ocean floor, hiding uh, for it to pass over, yeah. just to get to five for the kind of climax of the game. Right. Uh, here um so you get there uh you plug Catherine in she's like what happened to your arm uh you look down see this like gross meaty stump and you're like never mind that the, the uh, animation for you climbing a ladder is so is so yeah. painful looking <laughs> yeah did you, did you ever see ready or not no uh, it's good mm-hmm. uh that is a, f- a really fun movie and that has some good light ladder climbing uh, if you're a fan of that IMDb tag, cool. All uh, right, <laughs> you know, uh, ladder climbing while compromised. Uh, it does a good job. Yeah, I'll so. take your word for that. Yeah. Um, uh, so you head over to Phi. Here. Yes. Uh, uh, you recover the ark, and you need to guide it to the shell assembly space. Mm-hmm. And there's a sad little scene here. Uh, there's a body on the floor, and you know it's in a suit. When you data mine it, you hear this argument about the launch. Uh, the dude here is uh, insisting that it is way too risky. The barrel is damaged. His plan is to say, all right, we have, what, a few decades of power? That's enough. Mm-hmm. We can keep this on the ocean floor. It's fine. We don't want to risk humanity's last chance on firing this thing up a broken barrel and through an on-fire atmosphere and all of the, the debris that has been kicked up. Yeah. Space gun. Listen yes. to yourself. <laughs> uh, and Catherine tries to force a way past to launch the Ark anyway, but uh, a man named Ian brains her. Yes. And that's uh, the body. That's who, that's who you have been, uh, that's who you've been uh, listening to. And yep. Ian insists uh, that it was an accident, but it was very much a reflex. He, he saw her going for the Ark and he protected it. Mm-hmm. And Omnitool Catherine takes this very personally when, uh, yeah. when Simon breaks the news. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, you know, she does. Like, yeah. oh, this was my work. It didn't get done because of this fucko. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, we're going to have to clean it up. Um, Simon says, like, hey, how much of a gamble really is this? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we have our decades underwater or thousands of years in space. And Catherine, you know, says a theme out loud. Mm -hmm. Like, this is never about certainty. It's about hope. Yes. You know, a.k.a. faith, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. You know, humanness. Yes. So you grab your Omni tool and Catherine lays out the plan. Um, what we're going to do um, is, you know, you operate the space gun by a pilot seat. She can rig it up so that you will uh, uh, get the scan and do the transfer uh, when, when you when you fire the gun. Like it. At Omicron. the same time. Yes. Yeah. Like it. Ties Omicron. it to the same button. Yes. Yeah. Like it. Omicron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you pilot the shell into the gun, uh, you know, you watch the upload progress uh, as it's creeping to 100% as the room is shaking and stuff. It's very climactic. Mm-hmm. It's not getting there quite. Simon's like, what's wrong? Catherine says, be patient. And it gets there right before the thing launches. Gets mm-hmm. to 100% progress bar. Yeah. And uh, Simon's all like, woo, he's, he's popping bottles. Like, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and top models. Uh-huh. Uh, and, but then he wakes yeah. up and he's still there. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I love everything from this point on mm-hmm. basically like i love this so much uh you know he's like what what happened what went wrong and she says nothing went wrong like they're out there we're here you know we lost the coin flip mm-hmm. uh you know i can't yeah, i can't keep explaining this and he you know i think in a way that uh is frustrating because again he's been explaining this a lot but understandable because when you think about it, he's doomed to mm-hmm. uh does not accept this like yeah. we went through all that work like, are you fucking crazy? We're not going to die down here while those fuckers up there live it up, live it up large. Like, mm-hmm. they're not us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, the everything that was theoretical became very, very real for him when he came yes. out on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the wrong side of it, right? Like, flattening something in Illustrator or something like that. <laughs> right. You know, like, it is now true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You know, he starts freaking out, like, fuck you, fuck this, fuck you, Catherine, you lied to me. Mm-hmm. And she's like... I, I did not lie to you. I cannot be responsible uh, for your ignorance. And I read this differently. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this could be like, I want to check your memory versus mine. Yeah. I don't think that he smashes the Omni tool. It happens when she's screaming at him. I think that stressor thing. Yeah. Like killed her. Okay. Like, oh, it, it, it pulled the plug just because, because she got so activated. I, I, I read, I read it as, as, as him, as, as him like breaking her essentially. Like it, it is, I mean, I, I would have to watch it again mm-hmm. to make sure, but either way, this is unbelievably tragic on a many, many levels. Right. Uh, because these are two people who had been through all this stuff together, this mm-hmm. person you dared to care about. And your last moment is feeling betrayed by this person. Her last moment is being so exasperated and either being struck by violence by this person, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, being so exasperated by their ignorance that she shuts down. Yeah. She's trying to bright side it when this happens. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, hey, we did a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she is trying to hold on to this last little bit of, like, dignity. Yeah. And this, and you, the raging asshole, mm-hmm. uh, cannot allow that for either reason. Either you're because throw, you smash you're, it. You're throwing a tantrum. Yeah. You're throwing a fit because you have not come to terms with the same things Catherine has come to terms with. Yeah. It's not enough for you that you possibly saved humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, at, when faced with death, everyone is kind of a selfish prick, right? Yes. Like, yeah. you know, that is that is a, a theme of a lot of things and then also bears out in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, end of 1984 shit. Mm-hmm. Like, do it to her. Don't yes. do it to me. You know? Uh, so then he sees that she shut down. It's all going dark. And mm-hmm. he just says, 
you know, Catherine, Catherine, mm-hmm. don't leave me alone. No. So sad. Yeah. It just, it's absolutely getting like he deserved it, but also mm-hmm. nobody deserves it. Yeah. Like he did it, but he didn't deserve it. It's, it's more suffering than the, than should have been apportioned out to should ever give... be apportioned out for anyone mm-hmm. really. Like it, it is, it is a, uh, impossible to conceive of mm-hmm. torture. Yes. And he's alone. The last human is dead. Yeah. He has no company. The only options yep. available to him are too bleak to consider. Yep. Go hang out with some monsters. Yeah. Um, there's a post credit scene here. So you wait through the credits. It plays this beautiful music mm-hmm. and you wake up as other Simon. Yeah. Uh, on the arc. Um, you're in a pilot seat. You go uh, in a human body. There is uh, this beautiful wilderness. There's a terminal mm-hmm. uh, that has a survey about how you feel after being uploaded. Um, mm-hmm. You could do a version of this earlier. Yeah. I really love that they have you do it twice and your answers could change. Yeah. You know, you could see how you feel when you are down at the bottom of the sea, mm-hmm. having woke, woke up, not knowing that you yeah. have had a continuity break and are a robot and now knowing it. Yes. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Um, and, and then you just walk through this beautiful wilderness until finally you go down to a dock and you see Catherine. You know, yep. she calls out to you and you go up and you've made it. She, yeah, she waves. Uh, you immediately recognize her because you have been through so much. She opens her arms, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you run towards her and then it cuts to the satellite. Um, this is the satellite and the earth is choked with this like flaming debris. And yes. Dust. Yeah. In the past, yeah. I have said that I that the, the, the way that it shows both endings is a little bit of a bugbear for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have said it would be better. The thing that I would like for the, that, that I would have liked for them to do would be to like, literally it is a 50, 50. It's like, okay, which theater did I go see clue in? Um, it will gotcha. show you, it will show you one, either you dying miserable and sad at the bottom of the sea, or you get the ending where you're in the arc, uh, and you go, I've come around to being okay with being shown both of them because both of them te- technically are true. It, it mm-hmm. almost basically what I want is the 50 50 so that if you just get the one that is at the bottom of the sea, it is as bleak as possible um, mm-hmm. because that's kind of what I'm, what I'm here in Soma for. I, I've softened up on that. I, I'm fine with them being shown in sequence. Uh, and I don't know what to do with that thought about the, about the coin flip, because if it's a coin flip, it's just a lie. It just goes along with, with what Catherine was saying, which is not the way that it works. <laughs> yeah there, there's never it's always going to be both yeah you know that duality is, is always there i think mm-hmm. that like the reason why this works to me uh if i had played it and i only saw the paradise ending mm-hmm. uh, i would have a real problem with that because that would feel treacly and unearned i think that the paradise ending works because it is shown in contrast to like the bleakest thing i can possibly imagine mm-hmm. and the game is about that glimmer of hope right and that glimmer of hope already has so many fucking caveats yeah. in it. Like, this is a, just a simulation that is running on a satellite that will never, like you said, never procreate, never change. Uh, it's the only thing left. Yeah. You know, let me have that, you know, because that is a tiny glimmer of altruism. And it, it casts light on, like, the act that you did as Simon and Catherine of, like, this very difficult mm-hmm. and fully altruistic thing, even though you did not 
know you were being totally altruistic when you were doing it. Right. You know, Simon had to be kind of fooled with self-interest to do it, but Catherine didn't. Mm -hmm. Like, Catherine woke up as a machine and decided to do something absolutely, like, beautiful on a historical scale. Yes. You know, something that, like, literally is an act of preservation, the likes of which no one else in human history has had a chance to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and giving you that little, like, and, and boy, does it matter, though? Because with humanity being gone, that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. That's maybe the biggest deal, we, you know, that can be. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Stakes don't get uh, much higher. Stakes don't get much higher. So it, it is okay to have that little, like, hey, it was maybe worth it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of this game has been about getting you to think of a copy as being valid. Yes. You play a copy the entire game. Mm-hmm. You're valid, right? Yeah. So why, aren't, why don't you want good things for these copies? Mm-hmm. You know, Simon never got there. You know, I think with time he would have, mm-hmm. right? But Simon's pretty new to it. Like at one point during the end, he's like, "This has been like the worst day of my life." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah buddy, <laughs> like, uh-huh. this this fucking sucks." <laughs> uh, you know, but maybe with like you know a few weeks or months, like mm-hmm. he'd get it. Yeah. You know, like hey, I'm glad I did that. Yeah, you know, um, and he should be glad. And mm-hmm. I'm glad as a player that like the game allowed me the opportunity to do this thing. You know, within the fiction of the game. Yeah. That is really romantic, yeah. you know, and not in a uh, a love sense, but romantic mm-hmm. in like a grand grandiose sense. Yeah, there, there, there's a there, there's an idealism to it, and there is you know a notion that there is a form of perfection achieved through the act. Yeah, yeah, and if not even perfection, just existence, just anything, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And it was always the arc was always going to be a thing. But if they left it up to your imagination, if it happened, mm-hmm. especially with all the talk of the gun, the barrel being crooked and stuff, yeah, like this would not be a good ending if it just blew up and didn't work, right? Like that isn't how stories work. Like yes, mm-hmm. it would be bleak, and there's part of me that's like, yeah, bleak me <laughs> up, Buttercup. But no, like that's not. You can't go full black to that degree yeah, and not have it on that scale. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you and I both love the movie, the mist. Um, the movie, the mist has one of the bleakest endings of anything, Mm -hmm. but humanity makes it. Yep. You know, it's not, (laughs) it's not, it's a, it's a really sad thing that somebody had to do, but it's a personal scale Mm -hmm. thing. You know, silent Hill too has a really bleak ending, but it's something you did in the past. Right. And it's a personal scale. I think on this scale going that bleak, would read as pointlessly nihilistic to me. Yeah. It needed a tiny granule of sugar mm-hmm. to like let the, this like absolute fuck ton of medicine you're being force fed <laughs> to go down. Yeah. Um, you know, and like it, it, it does, it does play into this idea that even in the face of an, of an inev- inevitable end, you know, when Simon talks about this, okay, it's a couple of decades versus, you know, a few thousand years, it's a gamble or whatever. It still speaks to, something necessary about humans which is to strive right yeah you know just like you know, it, does, it doesn't matter if it is, it does not matter if it is temporary it is important to it is important to build regardless and the the fact that so many you know that Catherine, who is a copy is the main advocate for this mm-hmm. is really telling right like yeah. this this idea that we have to strive that we have to get up the next day yeah. and and try is something the primary proponent of is a consciousness that's stuck in a game boy, <laughs> you know, like it is, you know, that humanity comes with us, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, insofar as this game asks questions about the soul, like again, Catherine did one of the most selfless, like altruistic acts of in the history of the world, mm-hmm. you know, during this, like this is, uh, she didn't risk 
as much as Simon did. Right. But she, you know, even just in coming up with the idea, right? Like mm-hmm. it was a beautiful idea. It's a very human idea and it maintained even though she lost her body. Yes. You know? So there was something um, something good and essential that did come over with her from the scan into the machine. And like what the, the game is trying to get you to come to peace with is that can be a valuable idea even if it's not you. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I'm, there, I'm, there fully, a, I'm fully on board with the copy being valid. Like Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't necessarily trying to convince you. I just meant <laughs> yeah, like yeah. in general, right? Like mm-hmm. the game wants you to activate those empathy centers even mm-hmm. for things that you wouldn't traditionally have empathy for. Right. Even if you don't get to benefit from them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's yeah. that's an idea I can get behind. Mm-hmm. Like that that very much speaks to my worldview. Yeah, the, just like so, the line like, "Oh, we're down here while those fuckers are living it up up there." Like, mm-hmm. like, like that feels that like that that I don't know what it what it means, but it feels very conscious to put that in there. Like Simon mm-hmm. as the person on the you know on the poorer side of the deal, right? He got the short end of the stick. Who immediately who immediately draws an us them comparison about that. Mm-hmm. Like he immediately resents the people on the arc in a way that Catherine does not. She has come around and accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I really honestly think that a lot of that is a function of time, right? Yeah. yeah. Like if uh, the last human had been on life support for about a year, mm-hmm. you know, some of these ideas are not something you're going to acclimate to right away. Right. Which, you know, to me uh, papers over quite a bit of, my issues with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Simon's, you know, he just learned this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Several times explained to him very clearly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I, I really love this game. Like, uh, you know, taking a look at it, 2015 was a big year for games. Mm-hmm. We got Bloodborne and Witcher 3. Metal Gear you know? Solid 5. Yep. Metal Gear Solid 5. I like this more than any of them other than Bloodborne or Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. I think this is a much better game than Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, yeah, I think this is pretty firmly my number three slot for the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't play games that deal with this shit. No, no, you know? this is doesn't really happen. This is ambitious in its drives, you know, in a you know, in a way that feels like it is in the same in the same neighborhood and/or zip code of of Disco Elysium in terms of in terms of asking and providing not answers but very very meaningful explorations of ideas and questions that are not really explored in games or are mm-hmm. not explored this well yeah yep 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 uh yeah adore it mm-hmm. You know, if you uh, are listening to this so far, you know, I don't know how worth this is uh, to go through once it's been fully spoiled. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if, uh, if you decide to give it a chance, I do think these are fun, good, crunchy ideas. Yeah. And even just as an experience of playing it, like the stuff you're doing is good. The pursuit sections are scary. Like it's visually impressive in a way, like in a way that we can't really con- you know convey just describing the way the monsters look and things like that. And like mm-hmm. the performances are good. Like the, you know, there's not really a bum voice performance in the cast either. And there are like lots of conversations and deeper, deeper kind of looks at some of these ideas that again, we just, we just couldn't convey as it goes. This is a game that has a lot of text that we just kind of necessarily need to gloss over in representing it here. So like, mm-hmm. I would say it is still worth playing even if, even if you know w- w- what's going to happen, that, that would, that would be my, what I would throw in. Mm-hmm. 
my suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So good game. Thank you, Lucian. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Will Resident Evil 5 be as meaningful? <laughs> <laughs> will Doom 3 be as meaningful? Uh, you know, only time will tell. Uh-huh. Find uh, out next week, I think, I think it, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty safe to say that outside of Disco Elysium, we're not going to have another game this year that's Prob- like this. And, yeah. You know, that asks these kind of questions. And then prior to this, like, I don't know, Pathologic or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, th- these kind of things are rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, rare treats. Yep. Um, next episode is going to be on Resident Evil 5. Uh, beef Boy and Sidekick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I forgot how good Chef their way is. Through Africa. Yeah, Chef is great. Yeah. Beef, I don't like Chris very much in it. Nope. I, I haven't liked Chris really since Resident Evil 1. <laughs> uh, Chris kind of blows. A little bit. Um, but it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be fun. Yep. Uh, and then after that, Doom 3, as we mentioned. Yes, Doom 3 will be our premium episode. Uh, what that means is the full episode will be available for our patrons. If you're listening on the public feed, uh, you will get the generalities. So we will talk about the mechanics. We'll talk about the development of the game, its reception, things like that. Uh, but the beat by beat will uh, will be available. Um, and if you want to get that, you can go to patreon.com slash TV. That is at the $5 tier. You don't just get that month. Uh, you actually get access to every premium off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the old ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the if you want to write in about any of October's games, you can do so if you write in to duckfeed.tv slash contact by October fifteenth. Mm-hmm. If you have anything to say about November's games, which are No One Lives Forever, Uncharted Waters Two, or Marathon Two Durandal, hit us up by November fifteenth at that same address. Yes. Um, please, if you're writing about multiple games, um, separate your responses. Do one about each. That really just helps us. Um, put the episode together uh, when we put the dispatch uh, notes together. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, otherwise, though, uh, things you can do, you can leave ratings or reviews and uh, tell, it's been a while since, since we said this, tell your friends, you know, if, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're on like seven, month seven of quarantine, at least here in America. Um, if you got people who are looking for content, uh, pass them along. If you know that they like a game that we have covered, uh, send them, uh, you know, send them a link. Say, hey, you might like these guys. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, you know, and uh, and we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Cool. The bleak. Yeah. The bleak. <laughs> <laughs>